You're listening to The Nerd Table, part of the CKCC Radio family of podcasts. Find us wherever you get your favorite podcast. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to The Nerd Table. Sit down and join us for this week's episode. My name is Chris, and of course, I am joined, as always, by one of the coolest guys I've ever known who loves e-stops, loves food, and loves Snickers, loves ERing, but don't ask him to do anything if he's on his lunch break. It's Eric. <laughs> oh my god, these intros keep getting longer and longer. How are you, Chris? <laughs> How was your week? Uh, my week was good. I have leveled up. I am now at level 36. Nice, nice. Congratulations uh, on your level up. I I suppose. <laughs> Congratulations are in order. I mean, I'm not dead yet, so that's a thing. <laughs> And we'll see where that goes. And uh, this week on The Nerd Table, we have branched out from a duo to a trio. Wait, wait. We have, we did what now? We went from a duo to a trio, Eric. We we gained one. We got an extra life. We got, a, we got an extra life? Yeah. So does this mean I can go and, like, jump off my roof and, and like, use it up real quick? Sure. Tell me how that turns out. <laughs> well, I'll uh, I'll be back in just a sec. <laughs> and that's when we no longer had Eric. <laughs> anyway, we could add that to funny death scenes. <laughs> I'm going to jump off the roof, guys. Uh, welcome to the Nerd Table, our new permanent third co-host from Club Cafe Wrestle Talk, which is now officially dissolved. He is my partner on the Stupid Sexy Podcast, former host of The Pie Crust, master of the Twitch streaming, and a guy who is always looking very sus. Please welcome to the nerd table, Dan Peck. Chris is sus. I agree. Probably. I agree with that. Probably. I almost won, too, last week. I oh came super close. It was down to three of us left, and they're just like, it has to be Chris. And I was like, who God was it? damn it, I was so close. Who was it when we were all playing, and by the time the first uh, meeting was called, like, four of us were fucking dead? I actually did achieve that one time. That might have happened a lot on the last map. (laughs) Yeah, it really does. Well, Dan, welcome to the Nerd Table. We're happy to have you. Thank you for having me. I've been eating my lunch alone all this time. (laughs) We (laughs) We finally got you to come to the cool table. This is actually the cool table now. Yeah, I never really thought of myself as being eating at the nerd table when I was in high school, but I obviously did because they were talking about the Dragon Balls and the Magic the Gatherings. So I guess I was on the nerd table. Yeah, I mean everything is nerdy in its own in its own way. <clears throat> but yeah, the Dragon Ball table is, better, is the better cable. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know what y'all are talking about, but okay. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, so you know- have have you've never seen the Dragon Ball series, Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball Z? I've seen the first episode of Dragon Ball, pretty sure on TV, and I watched the tournament. The tournament, like okay, which which tournament? There's like a lot of them. The There's one the- where Master Roshi is acting like he's Jackie Chun, uh, okay. and he destroys right. the moon so Goku can not be a monkey anymore. Spoilers, spoilers, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay. 
So from How old Dragon is Dragon Ball? Ball? OG yeah, Dragon Ball. Spoiler, OG, OG Dragon, Dragon Ball is from the 80s. It's when you said tournament, 80s, I first thought 80s. went to uh, Tournament of Power and Dragon Ball Super. And I was just like, Jesus. Okay, we got a lot to catch up, uh, catch OG you up Dragon on. Ball. <laughs> okay. All right. That's fair. <clears throat> so, I yes. mean, did, did you watch Z, though? Or no? No. No. Oh, oh. sad times. Sad times. Oh, well, okay. Well, what have you seen? Yeah, tell tell Eric which animes you have seen because it's not a big list. I have seen specifically two of the animes. <laughs> oh God, please don't! One of them is Pokemon, isn't it? No, it's okay. Trigun. Oh, good one. That's a good one. And the Cowboy Bebop. Ah, both classics. That's the Stampede. Yeah. The Human Typhoon. That was a good series, man. I I I wish they did more with it, but I'm glad it was. It, I felt like it was just the right length. Any longer, it would have been like. Uh, it's like three seasons. In. <clears throat> I think that's a problem with a lot of animes is that they just go on too long, you know. But well, if you got a story, just tell the story and then you're done. Right, I don't and like, I'm okay with I don't that. Like The Simpsons goes on too damn long. <laughs> But The Simpsons is like, I feel like The Simpsons can always go on because they're always talking about whatever is relevant at the time, you know, pop culture in general, which is always changing, always evolving. But a show about like ninjas can only do so much, you know, or two brothers that are were apparently a power source on a planet once upon a time. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, have you seen Trigun, Chris? I have not. Okay. All right, so he won't get that, but I, I got it. Um, basically, Vash the Stampede, who's like the main protagonist in uh, Trigun, he has a brother who's the big bad, right? And at one point, you learn through like just gradual storytelling that they used to be giant batteries, basically. They, they powered the ships. They were the life force of everything. And, uh, yeah, that that was that's pretty much what he was talking about there. That sounds familiar. I don't he just I, he just told you like the entire like this is a, a revelation that happens like two or three episodes before it ends. Yeah. Literally <laughs> literally like four episodes, you're like, wait, what? <laughs> but I've heard I've heard that plot line before, so but now I'm trying to think obviously that if it's Trigun, but I didn't like connect that, but I've heard that before. So now I'm kinda of thinking like, oh, that's Trigun. Okay. Guy with the red with the red coat. I've definitely heard that before. Absolutely. And this spiky hair. And this world is made of love and peace. Ah, uh, but it's not. <laughs> I, I just love <laughs> so it's it's ironic, right? Because they're um the other protagonists to the story, like the first two that you meet are these two insurance agents that are trying to find Vasta Stampede. Um because they're like every town that he goes to ends up getting destroyed and they're all blaming it on him. But as like as you watch the show, he does nothing to destroy these towns. It's literally all these bounty hunters that are after him that end up destroying the town because he's there. And that's that's why. So it's it's just like super funny. I liked it. That sounds like fun. I will have to watch that. I need to watch more anime. Um, I haven't seen nearly as much anime as I've always wanted to, 
And I've got a couple on my hit list that I've always wanted to watch. One of them is Attack on Titan. Good that one. seems to be a really popular one. And just based on what I've seen and what I've heard about it, it sounds like it's right up my alley. Um, I've always wanted to actually sit down and watch the whole run of Neon Genesis Evangelion or Evangelion. I was never really sure how to pronounce that word. Yeah. But I, I've seen uh, a couple of those episodes. I enjoyed it. I've always enjoyed Sailor Moon. That show is actually pretty damn funny. And I've heard they're kind of remastering it. So that's something I've always wanted to check out. Um, I feel like the original, like, not the dubbed, but the original, way better than the dub version. But I feel like that's what happened in the 90s is we had so many. You know what? We'll talk about it later. I'll save that that comment because there's a lot of things that happened in the 90s that stopped uh, stopped an- good anime mm. from coming over. Yeah, we have a topic we want to discuss later. Yeah. Um, but, but quickly, Akira makes uh, what was it? It's like the old commercial, like two in the morning. Akira makes Blade Runner look like Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> I really loved watching Inuyasha when that was on Adult Swim regularly. I always watched that. That was a really fun show. Yeah, that show was funny as hell too. Yeah, good comedic animes are are a lot of fun. And when it com- and like I said, we already mentioned Cowboy Bebop. I've seen almost that entire series. But uh, there's you have successfully convinced me to at some point, not yet, because I'm still trying to watch other stuff and I need to dedicate time to this. But Naruto. Yes, I have decided I will check out because you have talked about it so much. But I'm also kind of leery about it because I've seen how much of it there is to watch. There is. And I can honestly, with. Out of doubt, tell you if you're gonna watch the original Naruto because there's Naruto and Naruto Shippuden. If you're gonna watch the original Naruto, just watch the first three seasons, and I'll, I can tell you, I can fill you in on the last two seasons. Unless you really want to, you can watch it. But the last two seasons aren't that important to the story. Okay, and it's then really you can not just, important to the story. It's it's really not important to the story. That's why I was like, I could tell you if you really want to, or you could just watch it if you really want to. But it's like, without giving too much away, once Sasuke separates from the group, there is no reason to continue on with regular Naruto, and you can just move on to Naruto Shippuden. Just know that some sort of training has happened there. Okay. Yeah. I'll I'll let you know when I... When I get to that, okay. it takes me a notoriously long amount of time to binge watch TV shows just because of my time to actually sit down and enjoy them. And most of the time, I don't like to watch stuff like that unless I can focus on it. That was a right. big thing for me with some of the other shows that I tried to binge. I just started Star Wars Rebels, got three episodes in and got so distracted with other obligations and stuff that... I haven't even yet watched the fourth episode, and that's a super short binge because it's like it's like 15, 22, 22, and 15 are the episode counts for four seasons. And I've only done three goddamn episodes. <laughs> I mean, no, God. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, like, uh, there's so many good shows, man. I, I haven't I'm, I'm doing my second uh, sit through of Naruto Shippuden. And I'm only on episode 140, 
which is season three. Oh, that's it? Only. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Only. It, it was really weird, right? Because I'm so used to season one, episode one, season two, episode two. But it doesn't they don't do that for Naruto. It's it's like they tell you what season you're on, but it also tells you how many episodes you've seen so far. So it's it's like when I paused the other day to see what episode I, I'm actually at, I saw season three, 140. I'm like, damn, how many fucking episodes are in this season? And then it dawned on me. Oh, wait. <laughs> so Just don't be like fooled Power Rangers where there was an episode five days a week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That was – oh, man. Fucking Power Rangers, man. Dude, you, you want to talk Power Rangers, I'm your guy. I've seen almost every episode except for the newest series. I yeah, don't even know what I left There's on. a good discussion there. Well, before we get too deep into the show, I want to kind of do a quick intro to Dan <laughs> for people who don't know him on this show. As I already mentioned, we did uh, we did Wrestle Talk together for years. And I'll do my plugs real quick because we're in that spot right now. Um, with Wrestle Talk including, Dan is now part of the nerd table and we've resurrected Stupid Sexy Podcast. We just did Bart the Daredevil as the newest episode. We, uh, I put that show on hiatus to get the show launched, and now that Wrestle Talk is over, I can release weekly Simpsons reviews again. So I'm pretty excited about that. And check out all the other great shows on CKCC Radio: Real Paranormal Talk and Ranking Tracks with Jeff Trelowitz. You get a new episode of one of those shows every single week. He alternates. Jay Bunny's Music Hub just came out with a brand new episode over the week. You can check that out. Motivational Moves with Adrian Cotton. First Monday of every month, there is a Bored to Death binge cast with the Bored to Death crew, the Race Nerd podcast with Matt Hardman, which, of course, just had a brand new episode. And Chris Franks, the universe, will be making a comeback as well. I think we're going to do a ranking of the first season of Mandalorian for the new episode there. But that's my mini series show that that one drops whenever I decide to do a ranking. Not there's no schedule for that show. And Girls Who Like is coming soon. Promoted that last week. But that's going to fill the void that WrestleCrap left behind. Now you're going to get to hear girls talk about MMA, horror, video games and other cool stuff that, yes, girls like that stuff. That's the thing, right? Girls like stuff, too. All the Big cool stuff. Girls. Huge All stuff. Girls. <laughs> <laughs> girls like huge stuff. I mean, probably. <clears throat> I wouldn't know. Anyway. So, Dan, let's kind of do what we did on our pilot episode real quick and kind of go over the different things that you you would be into. What are some of your favorite movies? Um, these are a few of my favorite things. Um <laughs> I've seen I've seen and loved every MCU movie. Yes, so that's pretty easy right away. Uh, my first thing I remember ever liking in my entire life was Ghostbusters. Fantastic! Yes, wow. yeah, I was a young man, and I had at one point every single Ghostbusters toy, including the fire hall. That's awesome. You don't still have that stuff, do you? No, I do not. Not stored away in a box? Damn. We moved a lot because my father was in the Navy. So I moved between 
Virginia, and Connecticut a lot when I was young. That is unfortunate. Not a whole lot of water between those two states. Hey, you two actually got something in common. You're both New Yorkers. Eh, Okay, yeah. I mean, I left when I was seven, right? So I'm pretty much a Floridian. (laughs) Dan spent most of his life growing up in Syracuse. Yeah, Syracuse area. So if you had to pick one movie from the MCU, which one? Oh, my top MCU movie? Yeah. Is uh, gotta be uh, Winter Soldier. That's mine. Winter Soldier. Okay. Winter Soldier is great. Winter Soldier is good. Yeah, okay. Let's see. Um, For me, I think Mm, Ragnarok. I think Thor Ragnarok is probably going to be mine. Also a good one. Oh, you guys can't hear the rattle of me just nodding my head yes. (laughs) (laughs) Translates well on an audio podcast. Yes, it does. (laughs) I mean, it's not like the the problem. The only problem that I, I have with Thor Ragnarok is that it needs a lot of backstory to get to that point. Right. You can't just pick it up and be like, wait, what? Why is he there? What do you mean you've been looking for for him for like years? You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> but outside of that, I felt like that was the most um, comic feel movie that they've released. If that makes any sense. <clears throat> also, Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Anytime the anytime Thor and Hulk are fighting and there's Jeff Goldblum is a win. <laughs> when your life uh, finds a way. Yep. Uh, Dan, I also know because Dan and I have had these conversations. We're we're both Bond guys. Yes. And we I just decided we had, right before I went to college that I'm going to watch every James Bond. <coughs> and I did, and I liked it. So. I have also seen every James Bond. You know what's fun? We we horribly disagree on one of them too. <laughs> like emphatically disagree. <laughs> Which I'm actually learning that I, it is a, uh, what, what do they call them? Uh, oh, man, I forgot what they call when you have like a, an opinion that everyone disagrees with. The unpopular opinion? Yeah, something like that. It's uh, apparently, that is a beloved one, and I am not alone, but I am very much in the minority. The minority. Yeah. No, I'm there with a lot of stuff, too. I, uh. Yeah, the, the movie in question is Thunderball, which um, is in, like, my top five favorite Bond movies and absolutely not one of Dan's favorites. I just didn't like any of the underwater stuff. It just didn't look good to me. And Actually, why I, I like that stuff? I just don't remember any of it. You like remember. The, story, the story's good, like Emilio Largo and Domino and... Like, the characters and the story is good, but then it's, like, it's all this underwater stuff that I did not enjoy. Even, like, the spa is one of my favorite scenes in Bond history, actually. All stuff at the spa. Do you not like water, like, ocean movies in general? Like, Waterworld, was that a turnoff for you? (laughs) I have not seen Waterworld. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, well, you're not missing too much. I, it's, well, I, know I mean, it's, it's a the 60s, movie. and they're doing underwater filming, so, so, so it's not great. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's fair. What about games, man? What what kind of... Do you like video games? I like the video games. I am currently in depression because I still haven't gotten a hold of a PlayStation 5. Ah. <laughs> oh. Man, the PS5, the Xbox, and all these graphics cards, and I can't get a hold of anything. And I'm like, Jesus. And it's the first time in my life I've been I've been actually able to get a console the day it came out, and I can't get it. It's been <laughs> over a week now, and I don't have it. I haven't uh, even paid someone for it yet. <laughs> fuck 2020. Fuck 2020. It's like you finally get the money, and you're like, yes, I can afford it. I've been planning it. I know I was. I know it's been coming. And then all of a sudden, like, uh, no, we're we're out. We actually don't have any. It's that episode of South Park when he's like, well, let's just take your money and invest it in. It's gone. Because yeah. <laughs> like the last two generations, I was two years behind. I didn't get it for two years. And then this year I'm like, I actually am ready. I'm going to get it. And yeah. I typically like to do this. When Nintendo comes out with a system, I pick that up day one. Right, like first first gen of that console. And I typically wait a year or a year and a half or however long it takes for them to come up with not the slim model for the next generation, but like the actual next, I guess, development of that current generation console. Because the Red Ring of Death puts such a fucking sour taste in my mouth that I can't do that again. Like, I can't. I'm I'm such an avid gamer. I'm always gaming. So I need these consoles to be up and running and I can't I can't deal with like shitty solder joints, you know? Anyway, but that that's bes- <laughs> besides the point. <laughs> As you can tell, I'm still very bitter about it. Damn. I actually uh it took me almost 5 years before I read Ring the first time. That oh, was really? Incredibly long. But it was like they had just extended how long you can get the free replacement. Oh, yeah. And I was I mean, just barely still in that. <laughs> I was definitely within that. But going through that process of having to mail it out and wait. That was so. Yeah. So and they dumb. tell you like three weeks. Thankfully for me, it was back in like exactly a week. I got I think they just gave me a new console. Pretty sure. Yeah, that, that they did. They they I put I had my initials online on the bottom. And I, what the console I got back did not have my initials. So I was like, okay, fuck you guys, but it's all right. <laughs> they gave me a new console. It's whatever. But I, yeah, and the only reason I get the Nintendo consoles on day one is because they're so easy to hack. Like, I'm not worried about the quality control from coming from Nintendo, but their uh, firmware or software department, they, they need to step up their game. It's Does always Nintendo been... believe in quality control? Because I'm not sure they do. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I, they... they well, I feel like they've gotten better, even though they like the last problem that they had was the, their controllers, right? Like the the drifting controllers. But I can't really blame that on on uh, Nintendo because the way they do their testing, they just make sure that it's still receiving a signal, right? Nobody's standing in front of a monitor playing Animal Crossing, uh, Animal Crossing, watching their guy go slightly to the left or slightly to the right. <laughs> so they're just like, if you push right, do you, do you get a signal? Yes. Do you push left? Do you get a signal? Yes. All right. It's good to go. Send that shit out. 
They still it's like seeing money. every single Nintendo 64 controller with the stick broken. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it, it still had the signal. You still got the signal. <laughs> and also, can we talk about how long those fucking controllers lasted before the stick broke? I know we like to make fun of it, but it lasted 10 fucking years before it was like a really big issue. <laughs> yeah, well, my uh, my Joy-Con started doing the drift thing last year and I had to get a replacement. And, and actually, Joy-Cons are more money than a game. Yeah, they yeah. are. So I am a little upset about that one. That's true. I'd very, well, at, very least, much at least you didn't buy that. the Switch Lite. The first generation Switch Lights, you use the same Joy-Con system. So imagine instead of having to just buy a new controller, you had to buy a new fucking console because it's, it's like, you know, in there. Yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah, but outside of that, <laughs> Nintendo stuff, easy to hack. Quality is pretty good. I mean, they're not using top-notch software or uh, software hardware so it's not like they have to worry about anything overheating or anything like that i mean that's why it's 200 bucks (laughs) yeah that's true and most of the time they just borrow stuff from other things like honestly if you look at a switch it's an nvidia shield just you know with a screen and nintendo firmware so i trust that (laughs) All right, but like, uh, what games are you currently playing right now? Well, this week I didn't play much of anything because it was Desert Bus Week. What's that? Desert Bus for Hope. It's a, a week long charity stream. Oh. Raising money for Child's Play Charity from Penny Arcade. Gotcha. Gotcha. Do you know what Desert Bus is? The game? Uh, no. Go ahead. So, oh God, D- Dan, Dan can help me out with the history here. But uh, back in the day, Penn and Teller were going to release a game for the Sega. Was it the original CD. Sega, Gen- CD. Sega CD? Yeah, Sega CD. It was going to have six games on it. And one of the games was called Desert Bus, which was them mocking. Linda Trip. Yeah, it was basically them mocking the fact that, uh, you know, video games were too violent or had too much of this, too much of that, you know, the complaints about the video game industry, something we're actually going to talk about on this episode. So they created the most mundane thing possible. You drive a bus. Where where does it start and end? It, it ends starts, in Vegas. Goes from Tucson, Arizona to Vegas. Yeah. In and real time. So in it real takes time. eight hours to get there. <laughs> and that's no all you do is you drive way. the bus. So it's basically... And Flight simulator, but a bus, and instead of the world, you got one route. You get a, it's a, just a desert road with nothing exciting happening on it, and they even made it so that if you let go of the controls, the bus starts leaning to the right, so you can't just like tape the controller down and just let it go. Oh my god! You have to constantly correct to the left, <laughs> and you complete the eight-hour trip. You get a point. And then I think the max you can get is 99 points. So they did the math and figured out it would take 27 days to basically do to get to max out the points. That's so, yeah. So, Dan, what did what did this uh, this group turn Desert Bus into? So they decided they're going to play that game. And raise money for the Child's Play charity. And you think that'd be awful. Well, here's the thing. Is it? It's a group of a comedy troupe 
group in Canada. So they do bits and improv games and stuff doing during it. So the game is in a very small little box in the corner. And in the big screen is them doing all their bits and stuff for a week straight. Oh, my God. And people donate. They and I watch a lot it. Of money, though. I watch it every waking moment during that week. <laughs> And they I mean, raised at least, just at under least. a million dollars this year. Get the fuck out of here. It was like $986,000. I'm just trying to figure out how, like, one, that's a lot of money. Two, that's a lot of people staring at a bus driving eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's why it's only a very, very small picture inside the picture. Because that's not the content you're here for. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And Penn and Teller come on and give them stuff to, they do like auctions and, and stuff for donated items. And this year is crazy because Penn and Teller usually give like tickets to their show, but but there's no show this year. So what they did is Teller gave this two volume set from the guy that taught them magic, and he's like one of the greatest magicians of all time, or whatever. And this is like a book where there's only been like a thousand copies of it. It's super rare. And they donated that this year, and that made over ten thousand dollars. <laughs> Jeez. Jesus. I also Great. hear you're a big comic book fan. Well, I mean, I haven't like read read comics in a while. But I am a fan of the genre. Okay. And, and usually no stories and a general overview of what's going on at most times. Alright. I mean, do you have a general like uh favorite superhero? Supervillain? Oh man. The general favorite superhero is probably Batman. I've been a Batman kid since I grew up because that's when the 66 show was on a lot when I was a kid in the 80s. So I watched a lot of Adam West Batman. And then just in time when I was start getting older was when the, the, the Michael Keaton Batman came out just when I was the right age. For the Those guy, movies. he's no longer in the warehouse with us. He actually got terminated earlier this year. But uh, he used to claim to be the biggest Batman fan on the planet, right? And Is this he, the drunk I swear, driver? Yes. And I swear to God, he had like 12 different Batman shirts and he'd wear he'd wear them all the time. And it just got to be to the point where, you know, we would obviously have Batman conversations. And I mentioned the Adam West Batman. He goes, that was the stupidest thing ever. And I'm like, excuse me. I have the DVD set. It's still fucking rules, dude. <laughs> I'm like, excuse me. What? He's like, it's it, it's it's not it's not actually Batman, so I don't like it. And I'm like, excuse me. We need to have a conversation right now, buddy. I feel like you every Batman fan West. should absolutely love the Adam West Batman. It's great! Batman's been everything, man. Batman yeah. has been everything. He's been dark, he's been funny. You know, it's the same and so I was like, okay. I'm like, I'm going to I'm going to play this card. 
What's your opinion of the Heath Ledger Joker? Oh, he's he's fucking amazing. So you don't have a problem that that was a creative take on the Joker and it wasn't actually the Joker. You're okay with that, but you don't like the creative take on making Batman comedic. Gotcha. So you're just an asshole. That's <laughs> what it boils down to. <laughs> you're just an asshole. Watch Batman and Brave and the Bold. That, that show freaking ruled, first of all. And also kind of very, very well balanced the different versions of Batman as well. It's a good show. I Wrecked had never seen a lot of the animated Batman movies for a really long time. And then back when I was working at Universal, my coworker Sam, he did uh he was actually one of the techs at the disaster ride. He did the the camera and tech work. And Sam, if you're listening to this, and I think he might be. Uh, shout out to you, my friend, and thank you for this. But he highly recommended watching Batman Under the Red Hood. And he's yep. like, he's like, now I got to warn you, this is not a Mark Hamill Joker. He goes, but when I tell you who the Joker is, you're going to want to watch it. He, he's like, it's John DiMaggio. And I'm like, Bender? Okay, now I have to see this. <laughs> I, I got to see this, too. I still I yeah, haven't seen I, that one. I really liked it. I'd recommend that one. And the thing that made me laugh the hardest about it was... He uh, he he kills all the minions in the room, right? And then he he agrees to do the job. He's like, "Oh, and I'm gonna need some guys, but uh, but not these guys because they're kind of dead." I'm like, "All right, that's awesome." But yeah, John DiMaggio actually did a pretty good Joker. I enjoyed that. You know, I wasn't big on like the DC movies as far as like live action is concerned, but the animated movies have been. Like, super awesome. Um, have you guys seen the Flashpoint one? Yes. I have not. Uh, I, lo- I love Flashpoint story. It's one of my he, favorite things. And it looks yes. like that's what they're going to do with the movie, the Flash movie. And that, Is that, that Are you talking Keaton about the, uh, the animated Justice League movie, the Flashpoint Paradox? Yes. Is that yeah. the one you're talking about? Yes. Okay. No, I have not seen it, but... My buddy actually has it on Plex, so I can watch it. And maybe I will. It's so you good because I want it to. The My Flash favorite thing is, is totally fucking... a spoiler, so. Well, uh... yeah, don't spoil it for me if I'm going to watch it. <laughs> okay. Car- All right. Carrie well, Ellis is Aquaman? Damn it. Damn it. Na- Nathan Fillion is Hal about Jordan? <laughs> How about they, next time? After I watch it, we can talk. They about have it. most of the same cast for all their things. That's awesome. So. That makes me pretty happy. That makes me. But I'm happy. talking about Batman in that, in case Eric wants to know. Yeah, no, bat, the Batman, that sequence. Holy shit. Which makes sense because they're doing, that's what they said they're doing. They're probably doing Flashpoint in it, and they'd already announced Michael Keaton was going to be Batman in it. And I'm like, ooh. I know, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. I know which angle you're talking about, and okay, never mind. That's not really a spoiler. I actually did know that. Okay, so he, so yeah, Flash ends up in a different reality after he saves his mother. There's a different, there's a different Wayne. That's there's Batman. a different yes. Batman, and in this yes. other yes. universe, it's, it's Bruce gets killed by Joe Chill. Thomas Wayne becomes Batman, and Martha Wayne loses her mind and becomes the Joker. I actually did know that. Okay. I actually I'm pretty sure I learned that from Dan and Mike. <laughs> that I'm pretty sure. That sequence first off, that Batman 
fucking brutal. Yeah. Because <laughs> oh, he is brutal. He believes in guns. <laughs> oh, oh, man. <laughs> so yeah, with no, Michael that, that Keaton being Batman in the Flash movie, and it's supposed to be based on Flashpoint, means he's not playing Bruce Wayne. He's playing Thomas Wayne because he's an old man at this point. <laughs> so... And then I think it's gonna rule. It has it has high chance of being awesome. I think like one of my favorite. Never mind that that's definitely a spoiler. You need to watch that. All right. Well, let's not let's not get too crazy okay. here because yeah, I really want crazy. to. I really but do want to watch this. You, you do good. know why they created the whole Flashpoint to begin with, right? Or no? I've heard I've heard it, but I don't remember. That was so set for the new Fifty Two, right? <laughs> Correct. So basically, they were just resetting the the franchise uh, so they can release, you know, new Spider-Man and new – oh, not Spider-Man. I'm sorry. <laughs> Wrong fucking uh, – new Superman. Yeah, and uh, that would Batman, be a hell of a, and, hell of a paradox. And, and, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Green Lantern. They were just rebooting everything. And, and it's fucking phenomenal because they did it for the new 52. And then I think there's another reboot. And yeah, it's for also re- Flashpoint. Rebirth, I think it was called. I think it's Rebirth. Or is it Rebirth then? And that had to do with the Watchmen. It was <sighs> like Dr. Manhattan did something and reset the timeline again. Yeah. So the, the, I, I just love how they all intertwine still, yet they all reboot and refresh everything. So I like Can I, DC's They kind of do it a little too over. often over there at DC, but... <laughs> Yeah, can I, a little bit. Can I spoil one of the, the the endings of one of the Batman video games? Sure. For for talking about favorite Batman moments, the end of Arkham City, when spoiler dies. Now you know what? Screw it. If you guys don't know by now, the Joker actually dies at the end of Arkham City. And God damn it! Now I can uninstall the fucking game. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> but the best part is what he dies of the disease and Batman just looks at him and goes, you want to hear something funny? Of course, as he's dying. After all we've been through, I still would have given you the antidote. And he just goes, you're right. <laughs> that is funny. And then dies. And I'm like, that is the perfect ending ever. And he carries him out just like the painting from the beginning of the game. Yes. And then every time you see Harley after that, she's just crying hysterically. And when you go and you take out the minions, they're like, is it true that the clown is dead? Like the other minions, if you've battled like a group of Riddler minions, they're all excited about it. But the Joker minions like, what are we going to (laughs) do? They have no idea. I remember the first thing after that I was all over. I'm playing. And the first thing I hear from just passing by goons is, man, things are going to be different now that Joker and Strange are gone. (laughs) Like <laughs> just right away, dude. Yeah, right away, <laughs> dude. Those hey, are good games. I, I know. I, I Dan remember and, playing Dan Asylum both, when it first came out. Yeah, uh, it was it was fantastic. I remember it blowing my mind. One, it brought my computer to a fucking crawl, and <laughs> to a crawl. Like I remember, uh, I uh, shit. I remember getting I it. I played on 360, so I got it for Christmas. So it was uh, a few months fine. I didn't have a brand new PC at the time, but I, I had, you know, a pretty decent graphics card and everything. I I started playing this game, and it dropped like 20 frames a second. 
which is a fucking slideshow. I was doing a slideshow and I was like, damn it. I had to like drop the resolution to basically nothing, like 480p just to get like 60 frames a second. And that was when I was just like, all right, I guess I'm, I'm it's time to buy a new graphics card. Batman is a potato. <laughs> he he did have like the stiffest fucking movements in that game. I will I will say that. Yeah, that game rules though. So yeah, I still it's have not played Arkham. I have the all. Uh, I have all of the Batman games, like the Arkham games. I am currently playing City. I have not beaten it, but I already knew about the ending. That's why I didn't care. But I still need to play. Oh, you actually haven't beaten City. Wow. No, I have not beaten City yet. Um, I keep getting stuck every time I go to visit um, Ivy. Is I I don't know. No, not Ivy. I don't remember Ivy in City. Ivy's in City, but it's part of the Catwoman stuff in the middle of it. That's some then then it is Ivy, it is Ivy because I, I one it kind of freaks me out that I was playing as Catwoman for a little bit. I like oh this is cool, but I don't know any of her shit. I don't have any of her stuff, and now I'm kind of fucked because I'm like <laughs> <laughs> I was like okay, I I just wish they let me keep my fucking you know boomerang thing, batarang, but whatever uh, that's fine. I can climb walls and shit so. Get up right up on the ceiling. I like the uh, the original NES Batman game where you just punch everybody up. <laughs> it was just a side scroller to beat them up. It, you just beat it. Yeah, I, my favorite. Des- my favorite description was the one that game trailers made, where they're just like, "Forget all the bat tools. You can just Batman everyone to death. <laughs> <laughs> just Batman everyone to death. Just pop, 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 pop." Everybody's dead. Everybody's dead. Although, but Batman doesn't kill. Batman well, has killed hella times. He's also used guns several times. Yeah, he Batman kills. Uh, yeah, Batman I don't know where that started. Time. When did that start? The whole Batman doesn't kill thing. I don't even know, honestly. I, I feel like... Because I remember that being like a really big thing. We we're just like, oh yeah, no, Batman doesn't kill anybody. He doesn't have to save you, but he doesn't kill anybody. And like, eh, that's kind of the same thing in my in my thing, you know? Like, and then every you know, Batman movie ended with the bad guy dying, <laughs> or one yeah. of the bad guys dying. <laughs> now, I will say, you know, Two Face falling to his death that that wasn't on Batman. He didn't have to go for the fuck. Oh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> he threw all those extra coins at him. <laughs> to be a loose track. Even after he called him a great friend, I mean, come on. <laughs> kind of a douche move there, Bruce. <laughs> and um, I love Batman Forever. That might be my favorite of the original four, actually. So that's, that's a great uh that is a great line in Big Bang Theory when they're having the uh they're having another comic book argument about breaking the rules. Oh, yeah, because they're going to break the rules about how they get tickets to Comic-Con. They're like, come on, even Batman breaks the rules. And Raj is like, oh, come now. You know, I struggle with Batman. <laughs> <laughs> it's that damn oh. moral epiphany. That was a funny yes. death scene, though. Speaking of funny death scenes. 
Yeah, speaking of funny death scenes, exactly. <laughs> we're gonna oh, are we gonna do another face. full we're gonna do another full circle discussion? <laughs> I guess we're doing a full circle discussion. <laughs> Everything comes full circle. Um we we do know that Dan is a big wrestling fan, because obviously that's how we we started coordinating together. But uh what other sports do you like, Dan? Oh sports? Uh sports wise, actually basketball was my first love before I was into wrestling. It's like the one major sport I don't really enjoy watching is basketball. Which is funny because I actually used to really love to play basketball. And for a little while, I was pretty good at it. At least at shooting. Now I'd probably come nowhere close to the net. but No, no. So I played basketball for two years in elementary school, fourth and fifth grade. I scored approximately zero points. But I was a defense and hustle guy anyway, so it didn't matter. <laughs> yeah. I I get the I get the ball people. and I give it to the person who will shoot the ball. That's my job. Yeah, my <laughs> job was to get the ball when somebody misses and get it to my guy that can shoot. There you go. His I, mean, name I don't want Andrew this thing. Newton. Fucking pass it. This might come as a, a surprise, but I used to play a sport. Mac two, two of them. I used to oh, play. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I was first base. I was first base, a person in baseball. And I'm trying to remember the name of the position, but I can't. So I'm stalling for time and it's still not coming to me. Anyway, I used to play. uh, (laughs) I used to play lacrosse. (laughs) Um, But I can't help you there. I don't know lacrosse lacrosse positions. Yeah, lacrosse was pretty big where I grew up because, you know, central New York. It's like where it was made. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it was very like nobody so, really played it down in Florida. There was like a few schools, and that was probably why I picked it. I just wanted to be left alone. I played soccer for years, and but then it uh, it stopped being fun because it got to be too competitive. You know, then it it starts become you go from oh we're playing soccer to have fun because you know you'd play you'd play the uh, you'd play your weekend games and everything, and then. Along comes, you know, great grade school style stuff. And as you level up in each grade, it becomes more and more competitive. And now it's more about winning and getting the trophy and the coach is becoming a dick. And I'm like, this isn't fun anymore. I don't want to do this. Right. But I I enjoyed it while I was doing it. Um, Dan, who are your teams in each sport? Well, let's see. <clears throat> We're talking... Major League Baseball, New York Yankees. Yes. Uh, We're on the same page uh, there. Always have been. We'll just keep it. Oh, I'll do all my New York teams then. Uh, so that would be um, New York Rangers for NHL hockey. Uh, and I we moved to North Carolina in 2005. So I'm um, Charlotte Hornets and Carolina Panthers. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, I root for the Jets and the Cowboys, so I have nothing to talk about because they suck horribly. And if you want to talk MLS, I guess I'm New York City FC. Dude. Arsenal, if we're talking Premier League. Eric can vouch for this. How crazy were those Orlando City fans? Oh, fucking hell, man. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Orlando City fans were... I, I actually thought they were more insane than any other sports fan that we encountered down there. Because for real, I, I was like, 
they're insane. One, it you're literally just getting a mob of people from Florida to a sport event. Like it's it's already bad news. That's already bad news. Yeah, that's already bad news. Well, well, what does they're all soccer chabs now too? So, well, what does Orlando have? The magic. Yeah. Hey, they were good when Shaq was there, and <laughs> and then yeah. when was there, and then no time in and between then, or after. And no time in between. <laughs> hey, uh, I mean, they were still more relevant than the Cowboys at some point, and I know that's two oh, different shit. sports, but like, the Cowboys haven't had a good like season. They ain't done shit in twenty five years. No, yeah. they haven't. But their fans like to think they have, and that's actually every year. It's like, I know. I'm scared of their fans, so I probably won't badmouth them again. But like, come on, they haven't <laughs> done shit since like mid nineties. Well, 95. I I am a I am a fan, so I will badmouth them, and they need to shut the <laughs> hell up about that. So it's okay. They haven't been good since the original Toy Story came out. There we go. I said it. <laughs> You you need Damn. to go back to the Troy Aikman and Emmett Smith days and yeah, that's that those were the good the good old days. Well, you know it's kind of like uh, it. I mean, again, being a Yankees fan, I can say this, but the twenty seven rings thing gets so obnoxious, and I can't stand when I hear people say that they're like, "Oh, we got twenty seven rings." I'm like, "We it's didn't always have one." Some people say sometimes, it's just like, "Geez, come on." We also haven't won the World Series in eleven years, and it was nine years prior to that, so. Since because 2000 and 2009 were the last two Yankees World Series wins. So they've gone 20 years now with two victories. And look at all the other teams that have scored that have won the World Series since then. But the last the last sporting event I watched where I actually had like, you know, the nerves that you get when you're watching something and you're really like into it and you want it to win and the pressure is on and you actually you get like you almost get like a twitch. Because you're like, oh my god, I have to watch this. Was 2016 when the Cubs won the World Series. Watching that oh, Game 7 yes. go into extra innings. Like, I was literally just sitting up glued to the TV. I haven't been that excited for a sporting event in years. Yeah. I was so... And when they won, I actually, like, yelled. Because, like, how? when was the last time they actually got... They actually won? It was, like, 50-something years, right? Uh, It was... Like a hundred years. No. Nineteen oh five, oh oh eight, something like that. It's over a hundred years. Holy yeah. fuck. Even longer than I thought. Yeah, no, I was really happy for him. Well, yeah, because the, thing, the uh, White Sox had thrown a World Series since the last time the Cubs had won a World Series. Wow, that's crazy. The- Chicago Cubs have won the World Series three times in 2016 and then in 1907 and 1908. So it was almost 110 years. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. Holy crap. And the thing, Why didn't the we White celebrate had that? purposely more? lost one since they had left. I feel like we should have celebrated that win a lot more than we did. Well, like they like won I, I know, the World Series. And they're like, "Woo, yeah, all, all right." Let's go. Back I have to a work. feeling I know why we didn't. Oh, it was an election year, wasn't it? Yep. I and it was that election year, uh, which means course. they won the title, and then the next week, <laughs> and nobody, nobody gave a fuck. Nobody cared. <laughs> nobody cared. So, That's sad. <laughs> it's now, also just 
the truth. That's unlucky. That's, yeah, that's true. That's unlucky. They finally win and nobody cares. It's nobody's a, looking at them. It's a damn, damn shame. Poor Chicago Cubs. But yeah, that was a that was that was the last like real nail biter sporting event. Because like, and I get excited. Are they even I, doing I, baseball games right now? Oh yeah, everything's everybody's still going. There's just like nobody at the games. Um, I mean, baseball ended uh, three, four weeks ago now. Yeah, baseball's We're done. Sick to the Dodgers finally won a title after but being the best team in all of baseball for like the last seven years. I know, seriously, the they finally got it. They won the COVID Cup. My uh, <laughs> The COVID Cup. This wasn't something I was uh, personally excited for, but it was fun to watch for my wife's sake because she's from Philly, so she loves the Philly teams. And watching the Eagles win that win that Super Bowl was exciting for me. A, because it was great for her, and B, because I got to watch that, that part where Tom Brady's fucked up and just sat there on the field, and they got the camera shot on him, and then it became a meme when he knew that he blew the game at the exact moment, and there's just Tom Brady being sad, and I loved it because anytime the Patriots cry, I am happy. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh... And now <laughs> he's not even a Patriot anymore. He's not. No, he's Where's in he Tampa. At? Is he? I don't follow sports. I don't know any of his yeah. shit anymore. <laughs> he went to Tampa because the Patriots treated him like trash. It's like I'm out. They didn't give him any of his due respect as the greatest as the greatest quarterback of all time. How old is he uh, now? Yeah. He's like forty three or something like he's that. Get, he's getting close to that age where he's going to retire. Crazy. He needs to retire, but I understand why he hasn't. I think so, uh, uh, Daniel Tosh does a good bit on it. He's just like, "You're paying me how much? Yeah, no, I'm gonna do this shit till I die." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're right. Like, yeah, <laughs> they're, they're like, "Hey, you know, your fans want you to retire. You, you said seven million, right? Well, they can go fuck themselves." <laughs> like, oh, okay, yeah, that's that's that's, that's okay. I understand. all right so we got we got to talk about this real quick uh because dan has a very impressive collection or he's working on an impressive collection what kind of music you like well most of it's from before i was born because i collect and listen to vinyl records dan is a vinyl collector oh it's actually that, pretty fucking cool. I would I would buy vinyl if I wasn't so worried that I would scratch the shit out of it putting that needle on there. It's you know not I mean? as it's not as whatever as people think. <laughs> Even I thought. <laughs> really? So it doesn't wear it at all? I mean if you have uh, low quality items. If you get a good, if you get a good record player and a good stylus, they call it. I believe I still call it a needle. F it, <laughs> a stylus pen for your record. <laughs> <laughs> but officially, it's, it's called a stylus. But yeah, no, hardly so, anyone calls it stylus. Does that mean how, my Nintendo DS has a needle? It's. <laughs> I mean, I guess. 
What's I mean, your, if you uh, play the heck out of a record, it will eventually wear away to nothing. But well, yeah, you take care of your stuff. Take care of your stuff. You know? What's your uh, what's your what's your favorite or even most valuable vinyl that you have? Oh, I have. That's rough. I have almost every album by the Who because they're my favorite band. I think I'm missing two. No, three because they had two that came out like in the last ten years. I don't have any of the newest stuff. Gotcha. Um, but I'm missing like one album from back then. Uh, one of the best ones I have is I have the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack. The first one. On vinyl. On vinyl? Great comp- yeah. That does sound like an amazing compilation of songs. It is great. It's two yeah, discs. Awesome. It's a two disc. It's the, the first disc is uh, is the awesome mix. Volume one, which technically has a song from volume two because he puts in the player and then that's when the Jackson five play, but it's from the first movie. So it's on the, the volume one disc. Okay. That's and the second disc is all the incidental background music and stuff. That was a good soundtrack. Guardians. Just like too. Yeah. I think I bought that for my sister last year for Christmas. I should probably steal it. (laughs) I bought this for you, but a year from now, it will end up going missing. Don't ask where it went. (laughs) My my sister has a player and stuff, but she hardly ever uses it. I mean, mine right now is buried uh, buried by a bunch of boxes from gifts that were bought this year that haven't been wrapped yet because we don't have our stuff out yet. Yeah, I don't know. I I thought about doing record collection at one point. Uh, I was going through Walmart and I saw a record player and I was just like, Jesus, what the fuck? <laughs> and I was like, That's, I, I guess I could start. But I don't, I don't even yeah, know where I'm putting about. out records again, too. So That's crazy. Is it? I mean, how's the song quality? I mean, technically, because the uh, the record is the actual music itself is in the grooves. It's technically better if you take care of it. <laughs> because the medium is the media. Is the yeah. fancy fancy way of saying it. Of saying that the music is actually physically on the record and not being interpreted by a laser or whatever, you know? I it's guess. not data being interpreted by a laser. I don't know. I like that blocky sound that you get from the internet whenever you know you need to load. <laughs> I'm fucking around. <laughs> I, I hate when you're shit. listening to Spotify and then all of a sudden you just rock a two gig download out of nowhere. <laughs> that's that. Okay, so I'm, I'm not sure what you do for a living, Dan, but I know that Chris and I are on the road a lot on our jobs, and uh, I can't speak for you, Chris. But I know that there's sometimes where I go into a city that has no fucking coverage and none of my fucking music works and my GPS doesn't work. And it's, it's, it's the fucking worst. Let's talk because... about how my, my job is a fucking coverage dead zone. And <laughs> sometimes when I'm on my lunch break, I will wait 10 minutes just to get one song to play. And I'm like, this isn't even worth it. Especially in like middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania, dude. No, Lancaster's not middle of nowhere. 
Well, I mean, the surrounding area might be, but the city itself is actually quite technologically advanced. It's just... Uh, yeah, but you're driving around. You're driving through the middle of nowhere. And I mean, honestly, I'm from well, what, the Detroit area, which is in a major, like, it's a, a major city. I mean, it looks like crap, but it's a major city. I still get dropped fucking areas. It's a major city in only name at this point. It's not, <laughs> you guys are not doing good. I feel so bad <laughs> for that. And, oh, and most of Ohio. I'm just like, sure. Oh, yeah. Ohio is like. And I have so many Ohio well. friends. Not doing well at all. The chart is actually getting better. It's still yeah, bad yeah. in Flint, though. Flint is just like. And they're not going to do anything about the water situation? Really? Okay, well. It's been a water situation since uh, the Obama administration? It's been a water situation since they fucking put it in. It's They use lead pipes. Who does that yeah. shit? <laughs> uh, I think this, this country is actually due for a major infrastructure uh, failure. Because almost everything here in these United States were built after World War II. Yeah. Back yeah. when gas wasn't flammable and you could just smoke at a gas station. And they also used to put lead in that shit, too. What the fuck? Why they put lead in everything? <laughs> oh, it's not really like asbestos. <laughs> <laughs> we realized that was a cancerous in the 90s. And we were like, holy shit. We like surrounded our babies with that stuff because it was it, it didn't catch on fire. I remember I just, the first you know, job I had up here when I moved to Lancaster was at this old ass hotel. And they're like. They're telling me about how crappy everything is and how outdated. And they're like, you know, they only just got rid of the asbestos like recently. In fact, there's still some traces of it in some of the wings that are shut down that they're still trying to get rid of. And I'm like, what the f- where am I? Right. <laughs> so you don't have to worry about that in Florida. That was the one thing that I liked about Florida is that every couple of years, a hurricane would just go and demolish everything and you just start fresh. <laughs> With the latest technology. <laughs> With the, I mean, not the latest technology, but you're not using asbestos and lead. I was looking for a house here. Oh my god, it's fucking terrifying. Like, it, there's no point in buying an older house because you're just like, all right, it either has asbestos or lead paint or lead pipes when we, or galvanized we sold the, pipes. The old family home, we realized that the upstairs tile was made of asbestos. So the entire floor had to be stripped out and with asbestos protocols. That's expensive too, man. That's like three grand, something like that. So three grand's just to remove tile. Because they have to have people in hazmat suits and throw it away in like hazmat bags, and it's crazy. And you know what? I think those companies knew that it was bad for everybody, but nobody cared because it was so fucking cheap to produce. And they're like, well, no one's going to eat it. It's just insulation. <laughs> you, I'm just thinking about infrastructure fails, and that's making me think back to Disney. And I'm just like, can you imagine some of the shortcuts that they could have taken to, like, putting some of those rides together? And then, like, how some of them had to be redone? Yeah. Well, I mean, when you sometimes they're not just thought out very well. Whenever, like, let's say you accidentally build a giant animatronic as the uh, built into the foundation, 
you know and then <laughs> whenever that decides to move your whole foundation fucking moves that's not it's not smart <laughs> we can't we can't fix the yeti because we no i we didn't know. say i didn't say what it was <laughs> i said even, it was. even i know it's the yeti <laughs> <laughs> I've seen enough documentaries and stuff that I oh, know man. that shit. <laughs> yeah. Dan, have you enjoyed our Disney stories on the show? Well, the thing, the, the, the thing is, like, I've heard almost <laughs> all of Christmas stories before. So, oh, like, sorry. I just got all this story again. I could tell it almost as good as he can now. <laughs> but it's been good hearing he Eric's story. He knew about the, the Kama Sutra. <laughs> he knew that one. Yeah. Eric, have you ever accidentally hit the e-stop? I mean, pretty sure like every time I've hit the e-stop, it's been on purpose, except for the one time where I was um No, that was on purpose too. Okay, so uh I actually have a story about a time I had to hit the e-stop and jump into a track. And okay. this was for my own safety. I was working at the Snow White Scary Adventure um uh ride. Right, which was attached to the same building or the same structure as Winnie the Pooh. It used to be like if you were looking at the building, right? To the left was Winnie the Pooh. In the center, there's like a little ice cream snack shop type thing. And then to the right of that was the Snow White Scary Adventure. Um, we didn't, the line there wasn't able to, you couldn't bring a wheelchair in or an ECV. So you had a separate entrance for them. And the way that we did it was one person and the person in the wheelchair or like ECB or whatever would go there while the rest of the family or party stays in line. And then once they show up, you would all go together. Uh, We did that on slow days. On busy days, we just sent the whole family through there because there's no point in keeping them separated. And we never knew whenever we were going to get like make a wish or give kids the world or anybody that needed to get on right away. Right. Um, right. So <clears throat> there's a chain there and we literally just open and close the chain whenever we're letting families there. And um, there's two consoles. It's a two button press system. So one console is literally sending the cars from the exit to the loading position and then the other console is from the loading position into the actual ride so basically the way it goes they would the from start to finish right you would get on the ride the first console person launches the ride you would do the ride you would come back and when you come back it would stop the lap bars would come up and then there's somebody there just watching making sure that everybody actually is safe uh, a safe distance away from the vehicle before they send that vehicle to get loaded again. Um, That person is also responsible for letting in people with ECVs and wheelchairs. I wait for the vehicle to stop. And as everybody's getting off, I head over, talk to the person in uh, the wheelchair. And this is actually an ECV. It's uh, one of the rental ECVs. Like, hey, how many in your party? That way I can tell the other person how many. And she's just like four. I'm like, okay. I'll be right back. And then I walked away. Apparently, she did not hear that and also did not see the chain that was in front of her. And she gave that thing full power and uh, literally broke the chain off, lifted the ECV up in the air slightly so it looked like it popped a wheelie, came back down. She realized she was going to hit a wall. So she turned directly into me and I literally hit the e-stop and did a cartwheel into the track 
in front of the vehicle that was moving to not get hit by this ECV moving at full fucking speed. Y'all ever heard of flips? the, The thing is, when you're working at Disney, you're so ingrained to keep your hand on the E stop button at all times. I wasn't thinking about flip. It was just easier to do a cartwheel. <laughs> just cartwheel right into the track. I never let go of that e-stop. I literally hit the e-stop button and my hand stayed there even as I was entering the track. I was like, okay, <laughs> still on it, still on it. That was a very fun story to try to explain to a manager. They're just like, you shut down the whole ride. And I'm like, I didn't want to get hit and I can't leave the console. So yeah, I'm going to hit the e-stop and jump. <laughs> But literally, there was I, I couldn't move forward because there were uh, parked ECVs already in front of me. And then I couldn't move back because there's guests there. And I guess this lady, instead of like, oh, let me, instead of killing all these guests, like, I could just aim for this one person who's working, wearing bright green pants and a white shirt. Or, you know, just remove your hand from the controls of the... Of your oh, yeah, heart, no. <laughs> You can't move your hands once the, if the vehicle's in motion. Your hands on that console. That's it. Can't. No, I meant like the, the lady in the thing. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I have no idea. So oh, see, like, that would require them to think, and they don't. Well, she was super old. I I don't think she, she should have just gotten a wheelchair, and her family should have just moved her around. They. Dude, this lady was probably times- around before cars were invented, so I don't think she understood how to use it. <laughs> how many friggin' times, dude? How many times did we have to deal with that with these people who clearly should not have been in control of this vehicle and caused an issue as a direct result? Dude. How many times did we have to deal with that? A lot. A lot. I've gotten to the point where sometimes as they're driving into me, I can reach and grab the key and shut it off for them. And then I don't give them the key back. (laughs) I'm like, nope. You lost your driving privileges. You hit somebody. You are, you are done. <laughs> you are done. And I was just like, they will take it back. And you need to leave a deposit whenever you get an ECV. Sometimes they don't get the deposit back if, I, if they like were doing enough stupid shit. Yeah. One of the major rules is like, eh, no kid can hang on the back of the ECV or be on the seat. It's one person for the vehicle. So whenever Correct. somebody is sitting on somebody's lap while they're driving. If it's like a fucking infant, I, I'm not like, one, it's not safe, but I'm not going to run over there. We're like, you guys can't do that. It's these 10-year-old kids who are running around eating ice cream and they're in control of the fucking steering wheel sitting on top of grandma's lap. I'm just like, okay, nope. One. Nope. One person. And they need, uh, I think it was like 16 or older or something like that or 14 or older. There is an age restriction. I can't remember what it is. But you, no, you're right. There was. I don't remember either. But yeah, I I, I want to say to actually drive 14. the thing. I think it was 14 because it, it's 14 if you want to enter the park by yourself. Right. And if the kid was under seven, they had to be accompanied by somebody who was 14 or older. So that makes sense. Right. So people were doing this all the time. All the fucking time. All the time. All the time. Now, Every one of those jeans had a preteen hanging on it. The, the, the thing that used to drive me nuts was that 
people not only like when we say it happened all the time, the ratio of people being assholes to people just having a good time really is very skewered. It's a lot lower than you would think based on the stories that we tell. But if I encounter 100 people and one of them's being an asshole, do you think I remember the other 99 people that I saw? No. But I could tell you everything about that person that was being an ass. I could tell you what they look like, what they were See, wearing. You remember <laughs> the asses and the extra I agree people. that most of the time it's like a minority type of thing and we only remember that, but not for ECVs. Every person that I've encountered on an ECV, I want to say it's the majority of them have been fucking pricks. Because, and that's the other thing, is like, people in wheelchairs understand the wheelchair rules and would would not fight back. They would be accepting to them. But it was the people in the electric fucking vehicles that always fought back with the parking rules. But I, I can't get off of this thing. I'm handicapped. Well, how the hell did you get on it in the first place? Right. Right. Like, oh, that drove me nuts. Drove me absolutely insane. And they were always the ones that fought back. And that was that was where I would hit my breaking point with those people, because it just we, it got to that ridiculous point where you're like, I'm I'm so done. We done got to the point you. where uh, it was a lot easier for for at least for me <clears throat> A lot of the rides that I worked at, you need to be able to be on the attraction, whatever it is, unassisted. That's very important. Right. You need to be able to get on and off unassisted. Um, now, there are ways that we can help, but we can't physically grab you. So, for instance, uh, let's say someone who's like... They can walk, but they can walk really slow or whatever, and they need help getting up. I can offer them my arm, and they can use me as leverage, but I can't help them. They need to be able to help themselves. But I'm not going to offer that same courtesy to everybody. You know, like, one, um, there's a lot of heavy people on ECVs, okay? That like it's scooed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's a lot, lot heavier people. If I offer you my arm, I now need an ECV. You you see the problem here? <laughs> so <laughs> I'm sorry, you're gonna have to get on unassisted, and that's how I get on. I'm just like, oh, for people who are like, oh, I'm I'm handicapped and I I can't get in there. I'm just like, well, I'm sorry, you can't do the attraction. Then you need to be able to get on uh, on and off unassisted. Like, there's nothing you can do for me. Like, I can literally, like at uh, Peter Pan, I could stop the ride for you. I can, I can physically stop the entire attraction for you to get onto the vehicle, but you need to do that on your own. And uh, at that point, they're like, "Oh, well, I guess I can park it uh, and and walk." I'm just like, "Oh, you could have done that the whole fucking time instead of just arguing with me." Well, so we just wasted time here. Thanks. Yeah. And I don't know, like, I, I think the one that pissed me off the most was when I was working <laughs> Dumbo <clears throat> and this lady needed help getting out when she had her kid. So she just fucking handed me her kid. And it was one of those things where if someone pushes an object into your chest, you're kind of like, you're, you're, I don't know what it is, but you like, hold on to it. You're just like, what the fuck? What? And then I realized I'm holding a kid. 
<laughs> I'm just like, I'm holding a child. And she's just like, thank you. And I'm just like, I guess you're welcome, but we can't do this. And like, I just handed her kid back. That That's the one that got me off guard. Always oh gets me. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Just here's, here's my kid. One, why would you just hand your kid to a complete stranger? Just because he's wearing a name tag does not make them safe. You're not a stranger. You're a cast member. Uh, I'm a stranger. Stranger danger. No, you're don't you know why you're there? That's like what parents would teach their kids if they got lost is to find somebody with the name tag. They'll help you. Okay. That that is true, but that's different than handing Not in this someone case. I understand that. <laughs> I understand that this is a different case. Here, but still. <laughs> different case from your perspective, but from their perspective, that's why you're there. Yeah. So this is you this are is like, there to take care of their child. Well, they have. I, I have. I'll, I'll tell one ECV story this week just to just to be on the the same page here. So at Safari, we had a separate dock for wheelchairs, ECVs, and strollers, right? Because okay. you could bring everything through the line, even the strollers. Everything came through the line. We had a stroller parking halfway through the line where it was, okay, guys, here's where you drop off your stroller. That way you didn't have to wait in that outdoor queue in the hottest park, because Animal Kingdom's the hottest park. Everybody knows that. Yeah, that's true. It's the fucking vegetation. It's, a, it's disgusting. Yeah, it is. It is the vegetation. And the stroller so parking was right was right past pram pram parking, which is what we called it, because that's a Dan. In case you're unaware, that's a European term for the pram. You know, like shopping carts or trolleys, things like that. Well, down here, people call them boogie. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. You guys got is your that your boogie? Oh, a Dan, what, is, what does North Carolina call it? Is it soda, Coke, or pop? It's soda. Okay, good. North you Carolina might get it's correct. In, in You're close enough to that area, freaking Georgia. Ellis, what the hell, dude? I'm still waiting to hear back from you. Oh, the, I, that one still drives me nuts. Anyway, so we have that separate dock, right? And right past the pram parking is Merge. And then right past Merge is Load. So it's it's right there. It's right around the corner. So you didn't get a lot of backlash from people about the strollers because you can actually see the loading dock. And you're like, well, your guys are getting on right there. So this is where we drop off the strollers. Right past merge is the final is the final dock. And if somebody uh, what they would do is the, the merge person would actually actually we called it gatekeeper. They would open up the gate, let those folks through. And then we would fill up the truck, right? But if you didn't have enough people to fill up the departure, the departure three dock that we had with with ADA guests, then when it was like when it was time for that truck to leave, because they left on a time schedule, because we had like three or four of them going at once, we would then just fill it with regular guests. We'd be like, all right, take the next. I've got only got four rows filled. I still got five empty rows to send me a couple of regular guests. We'll put them on the truck and we're going to send the truck on its way. It was a pretty easy dock to work because you had extra time to do stuff. One of the things that you would do is you would do full transfers, which was where you'd actually strap the wheelchair or the stroller onto the truck itself if the person physically couldn't get out of it, right? That was something you could do on Safari because it's just a truck going eight miles per hour. You can do that. 
and then people would sit with them and they'd have a good time. And we got we got a lot of those. <clears throat> but the one thing you weren't going to transfer was your ECV. Because that just doesn't going to fit on the damn truck. That whole thing. Now, if the person still had transfer issues, they could get off the, the scooter and get into one of our wheelchairs and then they could sit in the wheelchair. And that there were some very rare occasions where that happened. But again, those people didn't fight back because they were aware of the situation. See a pattern here. So here comes. They weren't just a big old fatty, fatty, fat, fat. Well, here comes. Here comes a. Here comes a large guest. And it's an older lady who we always I always had the issues with the older the older white women. Sorry, older white women. But this is where I had the issues. OK, this is just a fact. I, I see a people. trend coming on here. <laughs> now, she's she's the first person I'm getting for the next truck that's coming, right? So, I've still got the whole collection of things set up there for the uh, the truck that's about to unload. And we've got all the trucks out. So we've got quite a collection of strollers, wheelchairs, and ECVs all parked. And we'd actually arrange them and park them and everything in a nice little pattern. And she is starting to fight. She's like, I can't. So I explained the whole situation that you have to transfer into a regular wheelchair. She's agreeing to it, but she's still kind of giving me some backlash. Fortunately, her family was cool and had probably been dealing with this all day. And you could tell they were just over it because they're explaining to her what has to happen. And she's like, fine, whatever. So, of course, you wait until the other truck is unloaded, right? And, of course, get them off the dock before you start letting in the next people. So, A, there's a truck there so they can't just drive over the edge. Because after your story, Eric, you could tell they would just collect, go right off the platform onto the ride track <laughs> if, we, if you let them. So, <clears throat> and then, of course, you have all the stuff that's still parked there. So the last guest is starting to unload, and she's already pissy because I'm not just opening the thing and letting her in. I'm waiting to kind of clear out the dock, but I also know my timing, right? You know the time frame you have. So I let them in, and as she's driving in, she goes, I can get this on the truck, and dr starts driving full speed <laughs> towards the freaking ramp. And I'm like, no, 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 no. And as she's doing this... She crashes directly into the row of wheelchairs that we have and strollers and takes out like three of them immediately. This crap that they left behind is now spilling all over the place. And her family's immediately like, thankfully, immediately like jumping on her like, stop, stop. Yeah, there, there's a lot of guests that are like that, too. And I just... <sighs> I don't know and how she they throws it, it in into life. reverse, goes flying. I, I grab the wheelchair, like just stop. Yeah, just stop. And and at that point, now she went from having an attitude to now she's like on the verge of tears because she's causing problems and her family's yelling at her. And now suddenly she wants to play the victim card. And I'm not playing that at this point because it's like August, right? So I'm very, very wet and unhappy <laughs> because it's very hot. I'm very drenched. And I'm not dealing with this right now because it's summertime and we're freaking busy. We probably had like a 60 minute wait at that point. And a 60 minute wait at Safari is significant because of how the queue line is. That and you already you always have like what, 13 vehicles or something like that? 
Oh no, we had like forty. I don't, we 40? didn't always have for safari. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, no, what's your minimum vehicle count? Eighteen, I believe, is the minimum. I believe eighteen what am I or thirteen. Tower Terror. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just no. thinking of something with thirteen okay. in it now. Well, never mind. <laughs> I have no Tower Terror. There's only one thing. <laughs> no, there's four. But but yeah, it's not much. <laughs> there there are four elevator shafts. Oh, for for those of you that don't know, though, uh, as far as Disney attractions go, there are different amount of vehicles on different tracks depending on how busy the day is going to be. And the best experience, in my opinion, is always the the time that you have the least amount of vehicles on the track at any given point. Well, yeah, because then the, the ride also is always moving. Right. It's super and smooth. People, people don't complain when the ride is always moving because they get right on and they get right off and they don't get stopped anywhere out on the track. Right. Those, you're you also not happy people. other people on the ride with you. Sometimes you're not, yeah. Just yeah. out of you, you know. Well, even even rides like Rock and Roller Coaster, where you can have four, <laughs> it's not always a good idea to have four. <laughs> no. Uh, sometimes it's better to just rock the three roller coasters and not have to worry about because at, at least at Rock and Roller Coaster, right? You have four different stopping positions. You've got your loading area, you have the unloading area, and then two backup load areas. So what could end up happening, and I've never seen it, but what could end up happening is the one in the loading area gets launched. There's the one that's at the unload that hasn't moved, and then the two that are already in the getting ready to unload, waiting in that long-ass tunnel. Yeah. And now the other roller coaster is moving in the ride and if nothing else moves it will stop before that other unload area which is still in the ride technically so it, it can it can be a mess but i think they got it set up now where you can't even launch it until it's ready so now I they miss, just sit at the launching pad <laughs> i miss dueling dragons because when they would bring on they when they would have the they would have the two dragons going on each track when they would bring on the third dragon, you would just eat that line because of how fast you just load that ride. Yeah. Because because there's only the three places to stop. You have load, unload, and then the waiting area behind it if the dragons catch up, right? Right. But you almost never had to deal with that because we were very efficient at our job. And when you're loading a coaster that has eight rows for each – and people are just excited to ride, you fill those seats so easily, you know, because because row one groups itself because people have to go to a separate line for row one. So I only had to group rows two through eight. So it was just, OK, how many in your party? You fill it up and then you would go. You would see how many seats you have left. And I'd be like, hey, guys, I've got two seats left, one in row three and one in row six. If there's a party of two who's OK, not riding together. I can put you on right now. And you'd always get like these two teenage boys, right? That were always like, we'll do it because they don't care if they ride together. They just want to get on the coaster and they come flying up to the front and you just go, all right, go for it. Because what do they care, right? They're they're just getting on the coaster. I don't want to be next to my bro either because that's gay. <laughs> <laughs> probably. They were probably that age. So, yes, that was uh, that was always super Super easy, and you would, I mean, that would eat the line. You would go from a 55-minute wait to a walk-on 
in like 20 minutes when you had all three dragons on. I swear you would kill that more. line. Yeah, it's it's actually yeah. pretty ridiculous. The same the same thing happens whenever we uh uh what was it go from one tower to two at Doctor Doom Fearfall. Yeah, because you would because that that seats how many on a uh let's see I think it's a four by four. I thought it was six. I don't Maybe remember it's six by four. I know that there's four different compartments, right? So it's basically a, a box, and I think you're right. I think it is six. There's three. There's three, and no, maybe it's five. It doesn't matter. But when, when all I know about Doctor, all I know about Doctor, all I know about Doctor Doom's Fearfall is if you're in the seat that overlooks the parks, it's awesome. But if you have to look at I four, it's not so great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> You you want the seat that gets to see Universal, not the one that looks at I four and the ghetto right behind it. <laughs> you mean Kirkman? You, uh yeah, maybe I do mean Kirkman. <laughs> maybe I do. Uh, I love park stories, but we can't we can't blow our wad on all this. Eric, I got a treat for you this week, bud. What's up? In, in honor of Dan's debut on the show and the fact that Club Cafe Wrestle Talk has concluded. I oh, prepared shit. a segment a just for you. Oh, no. Well. Jesus, no. I got you a cake. I, I a prepared cake. a segment just for you. Eric, as you know, Dan and I are wrestling fans. And there's a website out there called WrestleCrap. The entire purpose of this website is to mock all the bad shit that's happened in pro wrestling over the years. And there's been a lot of it. Stupid characters, stupid storylines horrible matches because it's an entertainment folly right even star wars has its bad stuff we've all seen the holiday special oh but not the lego holiday special i have not seen not seen the holiday special i haven't seen that yet but i heard it's amazing you guys need to watch it so we can talk about it okay i want to talk about it all right we'll do that for next week's show we'll talk about lego lego star wars holiday special uh by the way, not only do I share my birthday with the late, with the original Star Wars holiday special, but my wife pointed out that the first documented case of COVID happened on November 17th, 2019. So guess what else I share a birthday with? It was you, you son of a bitch. You couldn't it was be my not party. It was me, Austin. I was here all. <laughs> so Eric, WrestleCrap has prepared a list of the 25 worst characters in pro wrestling history. The absolute worst gimmicks that ever existed. And I'm going to read the list to you and tell you about these characters. And for those of you out there who don't know that much about pro wrestling, let me assure you right now, I'm not making any of this shit up. This actually happened. People came up with these characters and decided that this was a good idea. This was a good idea for a gimmick. It wasn't a dream. It happened. Like, Eric, just as an example... There's a there's a gimmick character. His name his gimmick name is Mike Flight. That's his gimmick name. His gimmick is that he's a commercial airline pilot and his entrance music is Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins. Oh my god. That's Was a real to character. Like a top top gun type of thing. Yes, but he's a commercial airline pilot, which makes it even <laughs> funnier. That's his gimmick though. And yeah, there's I mean, I worked with a guy on Grand Slam wrestling shows whose gimmick was that he was a Pokemon trainer. He came out to the Pokemon theme. He had the Ash hat. He had a stuffed Charmander and everything. And he talked about catching them all. 
That was his gimmick. And, you know, it's silly shit, but it's fun. It's entertaining. So, Eric, let me get your thoughts on the 25 worst characters in wrestling history. Starting with number 25, a character called George Ringo. His gimmick was that he was a beetle. And yes, he had the guitar and the moppy haircut and everything. And this happened in the 60s. What? Yes, George Ringo, the wrestling beetle. He didn't last very long. <laughs> I, yeah, I think he would have been better had he been like an actual beetle. Like, <laughs> like a bug. <laughs> like a stag beetle? A like a stag beetle or something. I would have been like, oh, okay, that's funny. <laughs> that, that, that would have been like a little clever. But <laughs> well, the 60s pro wrestling also had Batman. A guy just dommed the, the cowl and went as Batman because back then we didn't have such a litigious society where you could still get away with that stuff. So you mean he's there was like, no I'm copyright laws? Apparently not for that stuff, no. Okay. <laughs> there was there were Frankensteins, there were vampires, there were wolfmen. I mean the in the sixties anything anything went. In fact, in the uh the USWA where Jerry Lawler was famous, they created a tag team of Freddy and Jason. Simply by going to Party City, buying the costumes, and making them a tag team. And they sucked. <laughs> they sucked. So, all right. Here's at number 24, we have a gimmick called the Candyman. Uh, this was portrayed by a wrestler named Brad Armstrong, who was a good worker, but had he had a, he had a slew of bad luck and also had other crappy gimmicks. One of his past gimmicks was called Arachnaman, where he dressed in a purple and yellow spider-ish suit as a uh, a kid at, to appeal to the kids, right? Okay. But Arachnaman lasted about three weeks before a certain company called Marvel was like, uh, you can't do that and got rid of that immediately. But it wasn't even the same colors and it was a different that name. Was, that was the joke that they were trying to get away with, but Marvel was like, no. It that's was clearly a Spider-Man outfit, but it was just colored differently. <laughs> it was colored differently, yeah. Oh, so wait, it was the same pattern? It was just colored differently? Pretty much, yeah. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah, that it was lasted about blue and red suit, but it was purple and yellow. It was so. It was like three to six weeks, and, they were, and Marvel was like, nope, <laughs> that's not happening. So... Nobody could figure out what to do with this guy. So a disgruntled booker named Ole Anderson and wrestling fans out there are laughing because Ole Anderson was known as being a curmudgeon. Disgruntled (laughs) disgruntled old fuck basically was like, I don't know what the fuck to do with this guy to have him throw candy to the kids. And thus the kinder, gentler pedophile gimmick of the candy man was born where Brad smiled and threw candy to the kids in the crowd as he as he hopped along to the ring. That, yeah, that was a bad idea. That was a ter- that's no oh my god. That <laughs> again, sounds terrible. Again, Eric, remember, somebody who was getting paid more money than you and I will ever make came up with this shit and presented it to national television audiences. I mean, to be fair, it was on like Saturday night. <laughs> but still. I mean, yeah. <laughs> All right, so at number 23, there was a character his name was Prince Ayukia. A good worker. He was a, he was a cruiserweight, so he did the flips, you know, like Rey Mysterio style. Because I know you know Rey Mysterio. Okay. Um, Wait, he hold on. Do different classes do different things? No, anybody can do gymnastics stuff. It's just that the lighter guys were better at it because they didn't weigh they didn't weigh three hundred pounds. Okay. 
I, they, I thought, you were just about to blow my mind there for a minute. I was just like, wait the f- wait a fucking second. Do you think Hulk Hogan can do a fucking flip? I <laughs> the man can barely talk. So probably hey, not. Bro- hey brother. <laughs> hey dude. So Prince Ayukea at one point decided to go full on Prince and became the artist formerly known as Prince Ayukea. And yes, he did the whole purple gimmick. Okay. Nobody stopped Again. him from doing that. Nobody was like, hey, with that, there's already. Never mind. No, it, it, he did not achieve any Purple Rain like success. It was the, the period of time where everyone was doing some kind of artist formerly known as. Yeah, because yeah. Goldust did it too. He did the artist it's formerly known as Goldust. Did it two years before this. <laughs> yeah. And I all Goldust Gold did. Yeah. Oh, even even non-wrestling fans are kind of familiar with Goldust. Goldust was an infamous character. Uh, at number 22, we have a character called Black Blood. This was just an executioner. And executioner gimmicks are just dumb in general because he would come out with a battle axe, which isn't going to work as a weapon in wrestling because how are you going <laughs> to... What are you going to do? Chop your opponent's arm off? I don't think that's going to work. Also, he had the best hometown ever. Where where would a fearsome executioner be billed from? Like, what kind of a hometown could you give him to make him sound feared? What would you uh, pick, Eric? Me? Yeah. Hmm. He's an executioner. We have, to, we have to strike fear. How about we bill him from a little town in France? Does that strike what? fear into the hearts? Yeah, that's where he was billed from. What? A little no. town in France. There's a French executioner that he's just using a guillotine, which means he doesn't need the axe. Also, if he does have an axe and he's French, then he's just using it to slice up cheese. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's not an executioner. He's just a cheesemaker. He's a cheesemaker. Cheese All man. Right. All right, Eric, let me ask, uh, know if you've ever heard of this gimmick before. Did you ever hear of the character called Bastion Booger? You ever no. heard of this one? No, so they had a guy no. named Mike. They had a guy named Mike Shaw who they decided to, because he was fat, they decided to make him a bad guy, a heel, and decided to make him a heel based on the fact that he was really gross to look at. So they gave him a horrible, tight gray singlet that m- basically made his fat rolls flap out. And his whole gimmick was that he was fat and disgusting. He ate shit from trash cans. And belched and farted. That was his gimmick. Bastion oh, and they rolled up his backpack, so we had a hunchback. Yeah, they gave him a hunchback. So, I mean, <laughs> he was basically Oscar the Grouch. That was basically his premise. That, that's his <laughs> background story. That's his background story. <laughs> no, because Oscar was beloved, and this was decisive. Yeah, for Oscar rules. Yeah. <laughs> he also had other shitty gimmicks, too. Like, he was, a, he was Trucker Norm. He was just a guy who drove a truck. And then he was also Friar Ferguson. He was a monk. That lasted about six weeks. Yeah, this didn't have a lot of great gimmicks. Uh, Coming in next on our list is a character called the Repo Man. And his gimmick was that he would repo shit from you. But because it was such an awful gimmick, the guy who played it, who was Barry Darso, who was famous as one half of the Demolition tag team, he was Smash. Demolition was a ripoff of the Road Warriors tag team, but I digress on that one. But 
he always played his characters over the top. So he would come out in a Lone Ranger mask and he had a jacket that had like tire parts on it. And he would carry around a uh, a rope with a hook on it, you know, to tow your car away. And he laughed like he basically looked like a 60s Batman villain. The Repo Man. And one of the things they did was this kid, this kid was late on his payment for Schwinn. So Repo Man came and just took his bike and just rode it away, laughing maniacally. <laughs> it was a silly gimmick, but he made it work because it was ridiculous. How long he did also, that last? Actually, that lasted a while, didn't it, Dan? It Repo Man was around. three to four years. Yeah, Repo Man was around. <laughs> uh, Barry, Barry Darso also played a character in WCW. He was an evil golfer. That was his gimmick, was that he was a golfer. And he he had the whole getup and everything. They were going to name him Stuart Payne after famous golfer Payne Stewart. But when Payne Stewart died in the plane crash, they decided that was in poor taste. So they just called him Hole-in-One Barry Darso. They just used his real name instead. <laughs> so at least there was some accounting for taste in there. They weren't going to name it after a guy who had just died in a plane crash. I guess that's a good thing, right? Yeah, it shows some people have some sort of morals. <laughs> All right, Eric, you're going to love this next one. This is the Kiss Demon. So oh, as you know. I already know. It's, it's a yeah. Kiss. It's Kiss, isn't it? Yep. So you know that Gene Simmons Simmons is a marketing shill. Yes. Gene Simmons is absolutely the king of marketing his shit. There's kids' caskets. (laughs) There are. There really are. Yeah. So it's kiss. uh, Was it that uh, fucking Howard Stern did a, a thing with Kiss? He had somebody in there who sounded like Gene Simmons. Taught like uh, acting out like Kiss and stuff like that, and then they got the real Kiss in there, and it, it's fucking. I gotta find that video and send it to you guys, but it, it's it's funny as shit. That's awesome! I gotta see that. So they did this concert with Kiss, right? It was a ratings bomb because live concerts on wrestling shows always bomb in the ratings because people don't want to see that. So they didn't learn their lesson, and they're like, "We stru- struck a deal to create a wrestler." Based on Kiss. So they created the Kiss Demon. And they were going to have a wrestler named uh, Brian Adams play him, who was a big guy, uh, a decent big guy worker. But when he realized uh, how shitty the gimmick was, he was like, I'm not doing this. So they're like, all right, we're going to axe the gimmick. But then Gene Simmons was like, "Uh, no, we signed a contract and he's supposed to be a main event wrestler. So you need to create him. So they found a guy named Dale Torborg, who later played for the Chicago White Sox. He put on the Kiss Demon makeup and would just have generic matches against generic guys. But because he was supposed to be a main eventer, they would bill his matches as being a special main event for the evening, even though it was like the third match on the card. That's how they got away with it. Wow. Yeah, the Kiss Demon did not work. (laughs) It looked awesome, though, but yeah. Yeah, he looked (laughs) awesome. Had a cool entrance and everything, but yeah, he sucked. All right. The next is Papa Shango, the wrestling voodoo man. He had the face paint. He had the the staff and everything. He had the seances. He made the ultimate warrior throw up on TV. He made Gene Okerlund's head ooze like uh, Rudy Giuliani's head just did. You know, it was... uh, 
It was a voodoo man. How, but I, I like this character. These people. I like this character, though. Well, you may have heard of the character he became. Because eventually Charles Wright came up with a gimmick called The Godfather, where he was a pimp. And you've probably seen that one. He had hoes. Yeah, he had hoes. He was a pimp. And that's, like, not really a gimmick, too, because he actually runs an escort service in Las Vegas. So he was just doing real-life shit. (laughs) He just mixed his two jobs together. Yeah, basically. (laughs) I was like, oh, fuck, I'm running late. You bitches, you coming with me. (laughs) And in between the two, he was named Kama Mustafa. Oh, yeah, he was an and comma was all in caps because it was an acronym yeah stand for kicking a man's ass <laughs> ah, that was oh real God. also oh bombed God. because fake MMA fighter crossovers never worked Ken Shamrock worked because he actually could fight this guy didn't so uh, we have a character named Outback Jack who probably had two matches in his whole career but he had six months of build up <laughs> So back in the 80s when the Aussie fad was the big thing because of Crocodile Dundee and Men at Work and all that stuff, they created a character called Outback Jack and they would film all these vignettes that they would air in the WWF where like he would hang out in bars drinking Fosters with cows or go out to like the middle of the desert and find the aborigines, like the, the real natives and everything. And they did all this hype for him. And then he had, like, two matches, and they realized he sucked, so they just never used him again. (laughs) And that was it. That was the end of Outback Jack. Wow. So, this guy never wrestled before, and that's Well, I think that's that's the joke, is, like, they they kind of forgot he was going to actually have to wrestle at some point. (laughs) And they realized, oh, God, this isn't working. Just abort, abort. (laughs) (laughs) I thought there was, like, auditions for this kind of shit. Are there no auditions? Well, the problem has always been that what you're what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to find a wrestler with talent and then build a character around that. But what they would do is they would create a character that they wanted to create, and then they would try to find a wrestler to play it. And that's why all these gimmicks would fail. And there's a famous story about they had two ideas and they hired two guys. The two ideas were Mr. Perfect and the Red Rooster. Uh, that Don't spoil stuff yet. We're going to get to that. That's on the list. One of them goes on to become one of the best gimmicks of all time. The other becomes one of the worst gimmicks of all time. Yes. And they hired two guys, and one of them was lucky, and the other was not. (laughs) The other was not. So the next character is called Who. Who? And he was based on the Mm -hmm. uh, the Abbott and Costello skit. So when they would call his matches, they could do the routine. Basically, I guess Vince McMahon saw it, laughed, and was like, we're doing this as a character. He finally saw the Abbott and Costello routine. Yeah. <laughs> it, it lasted exactly long. four weeks before they were like, this is not working, and they aborted that one. And it was poor Jim the Anvil Neidhart who had to play the character, the uh, brother-in-law of Bret Hart. They were tag champs together as the Hart Foundation, and his daughter, Natalia, is now one of the top women's wrestlers in the WWE. So there's some bullshit right there. There's some bullshit. All right. uh, Next on the list is the easiest one ever. Duke the Dumpster Drossy. He was a garbage man. 
Do I have to say okay. anything else? No, pretty pretty <laughs> self-explanatory. Okay. I can understand uh, why that probably didn't work. Didn't last that long, I'm assuming. I mean, he hit, I guess he could always use the trash can. He would have worked better in ECW. Here. Yeah, he... He infamously defeated Triple H when uh, Triple H was in his punishment phase. Triple H did a year of of losing because he got punished for something that his friends he, did. His friends did. <laughs> so, and that's why when he finally rose to power, we think that that's why he was always such a power monger and why he gave himself the title for like three years. Because he he still had that horrible year where he lost to guys like Garbage Men or the evil Hog Farmers. Henry O. Godwin and Phineas I. Godwin, whose initials were Hog and Pig, and they were a tag team of evil hog farmers. And he lost to them? Yeah. Yeah, Triple H once was once a big jobber. (laughs) Which is why he probably was like, I'm going to make something of myself. Where's the boss's daughter? I'm going to marry her. (laughs) that's, That's one way to do it. I mean... It's worked in the past. Uh, it'll probably work I again th- in the future. I'm sure it will. <laughs> the next character is called Isaac Yankum, DDS. He was an evil dentist with bad teeth. Get it? I Yankum? That was the, the name, right? Oh, he was God. from Decatur. <laughs> yes. Isaac Yankum, DDS. Terrible gimmick. Wrestling dentist. Played by a gentleman named Glenn Jacobs, who became a little more famous when he became The Undertaker's brother, Kane. That was Kane's first gimmick in WWF. Wow. <laughs> what a major transformation. I'm glad Evil Kane worked dentist. out for him. Evil dentist. <clears throat> Our next character was never on a was never in a major promotion, but This is a reminder that stupid shit exists across all the boards. This character was called Super Duper Mario. And he looked exactly like you wanted him to. He had the overalls, he had the hat, and he even had the little hammer. Oh, God. That It was a big fat guy. That sounds like a fucking publicity nightmare. I'm surprised Nintendo didn't shut that shit down. Well, I don't know. They, I don't think they had a chance to, because for some reason, uh, Tony Atlas, who ran the promotion that he was in, thought it would be really funny if the guy took a big shit in the ring and then disappeared to never be seen again. So, Wait, I don't know. <laughs> Which Tony thought that was so funny. He was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, Tony Atlas had the, had the laugh. <laughs> Good lord. Yeah, these things really existed. Uh, Yeah, shit in the ring? Dan, educate Eric onto the Player Uno gimmick, because that's something he'd actually like. Oh, Player Uno is this uh, wrestler uh, out of Montreal, who was, uh, his thing is he's so into video gaming, he is video games. Okay. So he's Player Uno, which means Player player one, One, obviously. Yeah. Because you watched your Sesame Street. Um... And he had a Nintendo controller on his leg. And if you touched it, he would do things out of his control. And you could pause him. (laughs) And And they would hit like the A button and he'd start punching the air. (laughs) Freaking great. My favorite player at Uno moment ever was 
um, he's facing Delirious, and Delirious is this guy where he just speaks gibberish and stuff. Delirious and every, is a crazy hobo. <laughs> That's his every gimmick. Once he's a crazy in a while, hobo. He says something you actually could hear, and they're starting to match, and then they start yelling at each other, and then all of a sudden, Delirious says in clear English, Princess Peach is a tramp! And Player Uno loses his mind. He's like, no, she's a wonderful lady! <laughs> and start the brawling. And then he pauses it. Oh, it's great. It's great stuff. One of my favorite Player Uno moments is when he was going to take out his opponent on the other side of the ring. And you know how some people will use steel chairs as weapons or kendo sticks? He pulls out a green turtle shell and whips it at him. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's a gimmick Eric would love. Yeah, I, I, you I appreciate that. that. Then he eventually he, got a tag team partner that ended up changing his name to Player Dose, and they were called the Super Smash Brothers. Yep. And now yeah. they're in AEW as the Dark Order. It's evil, evil Uno, Evil Uno, and then Stu Grayson, because he's just yeah. using his name, his regular name. So wait, is he still using that same gimmick? Is no, their their gimmick or? now is that they're a cult. The Dark the Order da. is a cult. Ah, but they're also not a cult. It's it's that's confusing, but but it also right. fucking rules. It's one of the best things they're doing right at this point, which at one point was one of the worst things they were doing. <laughs> it's gone back and forth. It's been simultaneously the best and worst thing, depending on which week you're watching it. <laughs> but that could be true of a lot of gimmicks. So uh, <laughs> this character was called Dink the Clown. It was a midget counterpart to the wrestler Doink the Clown. Now. A wrestling clown sounds like a kiss of death, but Doink was a little more Pennywise when he debuted. He was an evil clown. He laughed maniacally. He popped kids' balloons with lit cigars. And he got over big time. People really liked the character. So, this only works if your name is Steve Austin or Rowdy Roddy Piper, but they were like, he's such a popular bad guy, let's make him a good guy and increase his cheers. And it bombed because then he was just a silly clown. Uh, Dink was his midget sidekick, who was just atrocious. And he had Dink, he had Pink, he had Wink, he had a whole, a whole stable of midget clowns. And it was well, that was her Survivor Series. Survivor Series, yeah. It was, but it was terrible, absolutely terrible. All right, another simple gimmick: T. L. Hopper. He was a plumber. There you go. He was a plumber. Okay, so now we have uh, we've, we've had a trash man and a plumber. Now we just need an electrician <laughs> and an HVAC. We haven't had that. We, we have that. a plunger with him, right? Yeah. <laughs> we had a race car driver at one point, Bob Holly. He was Bob Sparkplug Holly. He was a NASCAR driver. That was his gimmick. And his original Spark. name, they wanted him to be Sparky Thurman Plug, so his initials would be STP. But they fucked it up and they called him Thurman Sparky Plug instead. And then they were like, okay, this is dumb. Just call him Bob Holly. <laughs> That's what they what they worked with. Yeah, that was a thing. Oh, what about uh one of my favorite gimmicks, uh Erwin R. Shyster, the evil tax man. Get it? Like His name his initials are IRS. Oh my god. Yeah, he was a tax collector. He was in a tag team with the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase. They were money incorporated. Money incorporated. And the thing is. Even though the idea behind the gimmick was silly, he made it work so much that it became really popular. Because that's the other thing. Sometimes a bad gimmick can be safe. The original creation of The Undertaker was that he was an undead zombie who was controlled by a magic urn. And if I just said that, 
you'd be like, that's stupid as fuck. But then look what it became. Yeah. It became the most well, popular gimmick in the history of pro wrestling. Didn't he go into a phase where he became like a biker or something at some point? Yes. Hi, Glenn. That's Glenn's favorite part, portion of The Undertaker. <laughs> is the biker? No, Glenn hates that. This is why we tease oh. him. I mean, I'm oh. not a fan of it either, but it became his gimmick that he well, Oh my god, he first he came out to American Badass by Kid Rock, and then he fucking came out to Roland by Limp Biscuit, and then fucking Fred Durst played him to the ring at one of the WrestleManias, and then got in the ring and was doing all his Roland shit and like high-fiving Undertaker. And I'm like, Undertaker, you're so much better than this. Why are you hanging out with Fred Durst? Oh my I mean, god. you want to speak about irrelevancy in 2020. What the hell's Fred Durst even doing? Wow, dude, this red cap's getting a rap from this critic. Yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> Eric, we're yeah, in the what? top ten now. These are the ten worst gimmicks of all time. Okay, let's... Yeah, it gets worse. Laura, right, let's go with number ten. This character's the Mantor. Half man, half bull, all shit. He was a guy who came to the ring with this giant cow-like headdress... It kind of looked like an oversized Disney costume, but he would take the headdress off and wrestle. But all he would do is moo like a cow and was just awful. So it looked cool in the entrance and then it came time to actually wrestle. <laughs> and then the bell and then the bell rang and the fans feelings got hurt. <laughs> uh, at number nine is a character called the Yeti. Now, if I or say the Yeti, what the do you think The Yeti. If I say uh, Yeti, what do you think of? A non-moving animatronic. I thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's <a> good. <laughs> but what what kind of creature is a yeti? Like uh, it's a it's a snow sasquatch, basically. A snow. So not <laughs> so not a mummy. No, the yeti was a mummy. Is it a or Ron Reese, dude? <laughs> the yeti was a mummy. <laughs> oh god. Oh good god. At number eight, we have a character called Giant Gonzalez. This is a fun story. So WCW hired a guy named Jorge Gonzalez because he was over eight feet tall. That's not even the story. He was okay. going to play for the Atlanta Hawks, but he sucked. <clears throat> yeah. And Turner had put so much money into him, he was going to get something out of him. So he yeah, so Ted Turner. The they, they, they moved him to, to become a pro wrestler just because he was really it's tall. It's the craziest, stupidest thing ever. So this guy basically has made more money because he's super tall. Yes. Basically, yeah. Than us. Okay. Yeah, because he was over eight feet he's tall. Argentinian was, guy that's like seven foot something. He, he couldn't speak English. He was, yeah, he was ridiculously tall. So they were like, all right, this is... We're going to make this guy a pro wrestler. And he became probably the worst pro wrestler in the history of pro wrestling. Like, he was that bad. Even Ric Flair couldn't get a good match out of the guy. And Ric Flair is a wizard in the ring. So, what happens when you have a guy who sucks that badly in the ring? But he's really tall. Well, of course, the WWF hired him. But instead of just calling him... Because WCW just called him El Gigante, and he was a generic big man who wore, like, a tinfoil hat. It just looked stupid. The WWF called him Giant Gonzalez and put him in an airbrushed Bigfoot costume. So he was what the Yeti should have been. But not only was he airbrushed to look like Bigfoot, he was also very naked. He was an airbrushed naked Bigfoot, complete with ass. N nude ass. Okay. 
I uh, they had the chance to go with Slenderman and they fucked it up. <laughs> Slenderman didn't exist back then, but oh, yes. okay, this far back. Okay. Uh, in the Undertaker's undefeated streak at WrestleMania, this was the infamous worst match he ever had. It was so bad, so so bad. This guy could not move, and like you, you just felt sorry for him because he didn't know what the hell he was doing. And he has since passed away. So it's, it's yeah. Imagine it's, being him. You're just huge in Argent. You're just a huge guy in Argentina. And then all of a sudden, Ted Turner's like, "Oh, you can play the basketball." Oh no, you can't. So you can you're gonna wrestle. Oh no, you can't. Well, we think you can wrestle. Oh no, you can't. Now you just don't have anything to do. But Stickman's like, you don't know how to book big guys. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, did, he, in at- did he end up doing anything at all? I, like after that, I feel like maybe movies or that person I think that he may have been in a couple of, of movies, but no, I don't think he did that much. He's just a really tall guy. No, so Undertaker wins okay. wins the match at WrestleMania because he gets a rag of ether and takes and pass out, and the referee's like, "Yeah, no, yeah, that's it's it's, <laughs> it's, 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 an, it's an asterisk victory, pretty much. He won by disqualification, <clears throat> and it sucked." At number seven, we have a character called the Shockmaster. This is a character that didn't even get off the ground because he fell on the ground. Allow us to explain. So. They're doing a, they're doing a show called Clash of the Champions. These were live specials that aired on TBS, right? And you know Sting, the wrestler. Yeah. Okay, so Sting has got a team that he's hyping up for his big match, and he's bringing in a new wrestler called the Shockmaster, and it's a guy wearing a glittered stormtrooper helmet. Legitimately, it's a stormtrooper helmet covered in glitter, and he's got like a fur coat and everything. And he goes, my our wrestler is going to shock the world because he is the shock master. They blow a hole in the wall with pyrotechnics. And as he's coming through the hole, he trips and falls flat on his face on live television. The helmet falls off. He quickly stumbles to his feet and puts the helmet on and then tries to salvage the segment. And the announcers laughed like hyenas through the whole <laughs> fucking thing. I would have laughed too, man. That sounds the shock funny. master died that very moment. <laughs> But and the thing you, that's messed up is because they, because it's a stunt, they planned it and they went through it like two or three times. But when it came for the last time, some idiot rebuilt the wall and put an extra strut on the bottom. So he tripped <laughs> on it. So he stripped, <laughs> tripped on it. Oh yeah, my just, God. Jesse the Body Ventura was literally literally laughing as he said, what an entrance by the Shockmaster. He couldn't even say it with a straight face. <laughs> Uh, to their their, Fred Ottman yeah to their credit they did try to repackage him as a gimmick called lovable uncle Fred where he was just a clumsy lovable uncle but yeah that didn't work he just fell on his arse alright Eric you ready for some good old fashioned racism because coming coming in at number 6 is a story of why you you don't cross Vince McMahon because well, when wrestling started booming in the 80s, uh, Vince started losing some of his top names like Superfly Jimmy Snuka and Sergeant Slaughter. And also Tony Atlas, the world's strongest man. He was the first black tag team champion with Rocky Johnson, who was The Rock's father. And he, he was Mr. USA. He was in all these world's strongest man competitions. He left Vince McMahon and then came crawling back to him. And Vince decided to punish him for that, for leaving him. 
and turned him into a character called Saba Simba. The gimmick was that he had rediscovered his African roots and he came out in a giant headdress, barefoot dancing, and carried a spear. It was as offensive as it sounds. Wow. And he went with it. He didn't have a choice. He needed the job. So he went with it. He kissed Tony's motherfucking ass. <laughs> yeah, he hated it. Absolutely hated it. Everybody hated it. At number five, we have the first gimmick to fail during the Attitude Era of wrestling when Steve Austin was hot. And we had all the all the grunge gimmicks going full speed and everybody was a badass, right? They created a character called Beaver Cleavage. His gimmick was that he was based on the beaver from Leave it to Beaver. He was an overgrown man who dressed like a child and his quote unquote mother was Mrs. Cleavage who and the whole skits were filled with sexual innuendo. They would shoot him in black and white. Yeah, she had big tits. They would shoot it in black and white and then he would like spill his milk on his lap and she's like, oh, nobody likes a sloppy beaver and would clean him up and would clean up his lap with her hand and it looked exactly like you think it did. Oh my god. He wrestled one match, right? And then was cutting a promo and in the middle of his promo on live television he goes, this isn't working. And he just dropped the gimmick and walked off the set on live TV. On live TV? Yup, because the gimmick was that bad. And it all happened because he was in the tag team, the Headbangers, and his partner kept getting hurt. Yep. So they needed something for poor old Chaz to do. Well, the gimmick they came up with afterwards was they just revealed that his mother, Mrs. Cleavage, was actually his real life girlfriend. And then he beat her and he became he became a woman beater gimmick. So maybe they should have stuck with the old 50s shit because that was probably better. Jesus. Okay. All right. right. At number four, I can't do the whole fucking story because it's a clusterfuck, so I'll summarize. The character was called the Black Scorpion. So the idea was that uh, Ric Flair was on the outs with the company. And Ric Flair was on the outs with the company like 800 times in WCW. And he was too old. He was over the hill and everything, so they let him go. He to be and they branded Spartacus. <laughs> oh yeah, Jim Hurd, who was running WCW at the time, was a fuck a fuckwit. He wanted to rebrand Ric Flair as Spartacus and have him cut his hair and wear an earring. And Ric Flair was like, "Fuck you, I'm out," and left the company. So we had no idea who was going to be Sting's top contender for the title. Right? He was supposed to face the Ultimate Warrior, but those deals fell through. Warrior never jumped ship. So they created a character for him called the Black Scorpion, and he would do, like, all kinds of magic, and he was a masked figure, and he was full of mystery, and he was going to be someone from Sting's past, right? When it came time for the big match, they they had the same problem they've had previously on the list. They didn't know who was going to play the Black Scorpion. They did all this hype, but they couldn't figure out a wrestler to be the guy to actually face him. So they went with Ric Flair. <laughs> After all this shit, they just had it be Ric Flair. <laughs> and the match itself was a clusterfuck of epic proportions. He arrived in a spaceship. There were like four fake black scorpions. And then when the, he's wrestling the real one, you're realizing that he's doing all of Ric Flair's moves. So when he unmasked, it was Ric Flair. It was a huge clusterfuck that they did not 
they did not plan accordingly. Wow. And speaking of Jim Hurd, that takes us to number three. So Jim Hurd wanted to create a tag team of wrestlers that were hunchbacks. The idea was that you could never pin them because one shoulder would always be off the mat. That was his idea, right? Which is a funny joke. A funny joke, but would never have executed. So they were like, yeah, your hunchback idea isn't going to work. But somehow, some way, because, you know, hunchbacks live in Notre Dame and ring the the bell. Yeah. Somehow the idea of the bell got through. (laughs) And Jim Hurd created a tag team. It was supposed to be a Saturday morning tag team that all the kids would love. It was two guys dressed in fluorescent orange bodysuits that were covered in bells and they would ring a bell. Their name? The Ding Dongs. The worst idea for a kitty-themed wrestler ever is to name one of your wrestlers Dong. And that's what they were called. Ding and Dong. And as during their tag match, while one of them was wrestling, the guy who wasn't wrestling ran to the outside and started ringing a giant bell the whole fucking time. The Ding Dongs did not last. You thought that who's on first shit was bad? Imagine having a bell ringing the whole time. I'm picturing like the Liberty Bell, just fucking a giant ass bell. That's basically what it was, too. (laughs) That's terrible. All all of these wrestling fans, uh, the non-wrestling fans listening to the show right now are probably like, what the fuck is wrong with you and Dan watching this shit? Well, you know what? I did not watch. Okay, most of these gimmicks I never saw. Yeah, I didn't watch during a lot of this era. I watched. <laughs> I watched when it was Steve Austin and The Rock and The Undertaker and Mick Foley. Yeah, I saw Beaver Cleavage. I, I seen that. <laughs> yeah, we did. We did see that. Unfortunately, we were watching when that happened. But I'm like, just, because I'm nerdy about <laughs> it, I go back and watch and read about stuff. I mean, I mean, I when you think about stuff. some of the good gimmicks, like in ECW, they did the gimmick where Tommy Dreamer was the good-looking jock that everybody that people didn't want to like, but then he took on the kid that he always bullied at summer camp, which was Raven and Raven was the outcast kid. And they had a feud based on that. Cause you know, they went to summer camp together. I was the cool kid. He was the outcast. And now we're fighting about it. People can relate to shit like that. Cause that's a relatable thing. Steve Austin got over cause he was beating the shit out of his boss. His that's boss the most... was clearly an a-hole. Yeah. And his boss was an asshole. And that's the thing. Like the everyman character. People like that shit. Anybody can relate to The Rock. The Rock's an arrogant asshole who refers to himself in the third person. I've I've met people like that in real life. You've met people who refer to themselves in third person? Uh, Not not (laughs) to the extreme that The Rock did, but I've absolutely known people like that who talk like arrogant pieces of shit. That guy... I mean, Christ, even, even the sillier gimmicks during the Attitude Era worked. The Godfather was a pimp. Val Venus was a porn star. People can relate to shit like that. People get that shit, right? You know, the Hardy Boys were these these daredevil extreme kids who looked like they robbed a Hot Topic. <laughs> but people they were scene kids, but people related to that. Right? Like that's the that's thing. That's actually pretty accurate. That's a pretty accurate description cuz <laughs> that's what that. they were. <laughs> they were scene kids. <laughs> like that's the shit that people relate to. But then when you try to create a, a and, you know, and then sometimes the silly gimmicks worked. When uh, when Shane Helms came to the WWF, he called himself the Hurricane. He was a superhero. But it worked because people liked it. 
how they did it was good because he's just he's this is Gregory Helms. Yeah, he was Gregory Helms, mild mannered reporter, and then and he just like the old timey reporter with the press hat with the with the the like the 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 bowler hat, and he had the press pass in the brim of the hat. And like at first, it was just like you're just a big nerd, aren't you? And he's like, yeah, I like the Green Lantern. And then like yeah. two weeks later, he's starting to do this thing, and he was, hur- was and like, he was the hurricane. A cool natural progression. And oh. And funny story, Eric, when they would put the hurricane in the video games, he didn't have his Green Lantern tattoo because of copyright issues. Same with CM Punk, who had the Pepsi logo tattooed on his shoulder. He always had a blank and the, face. And the Cobra tattoo on and the Cobra, Yeah, he had the Cobra Kai tattoo. They had to take that out, too. You guys couldn't oh, even man. have their own tattoos in because of copyright. <laughs> I mean, at what point does the logo, like become more important than the like the actual representation of the person i don't know i guess it depends on how much how how shitty you want to be about copyright and wwe would know because they're they're they are uh they're copyright mongers they go after anybody using something that could make money off of i mean that's the funny thing right because like that's free advertisement (laughs) for yeah for pepsi but they would probably just rather get angry and sue them exactly it's i think it's stupid free advertising I, I, I think that's stupid as hell. I mean, they, they, it, were they going to blur his tattoo out on national television? Like, right? Uh, just, just dumb shit like that. Didn't somebody have like the Tasmanian Devil as a tattoo that they had to like edit out in the games? Well, Taz had ta- has Taz. Taz has Taz, obviously. But yeah, that's really. If you don't know what we're talking about, I'm pretty sure that was very awkward and weird. We what we just ah. said. Taz, the wrestler Taz. Taz. Well, that was the other thing too. Is he was just T A Z, but when because of copyright issues there, they he had to add the extra Z when he went to the WWF. So he was Taz with two Z's. Same with Rhino. Taz, Rhino had to get spelled with a Y. <laughs> yeah, because because he spelled it R H I N O, and they're like, yeah, that's not going to work. Apparently, somebody has that copyrighted. Well, I mean, uh, probably WWE Marvel. Already had Pro- issues with probably Marvel. Marvel. <laughs> probably Marvel. Yeah. Well, because isn't one of their villains just called Rhino? Yeah, it's Spider yeah. Man. Uh, but yeah. there's, um, yeah, Sp- didn't, Spider Man and Rhino. Didn't but Rey Mysterio they, always have issues because of his name? I don't know. I about feel like that. he. I feel like he but did have a, issues. The famous Hulk, Hulk Hogan stuff, where at one point Marvel was making more money because of Hogan. Yeah, he was the incredible Hulk Hogan, but then they had... And Marvel was like, hey, 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 no, no, no. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You call him Hulk Hogan if you give us a certain amount of money every year, but you are not calling him incredible. The incredible Hulk Hogan. So at one point, I believe it said that Marvel made more money because of their deal to allow Hulk Hogan to exist than they did selling comics that year. That's wild. That's that's pretty crazy. That's dude. The world cool, of pro wrestling is insane. Like it's really insane. Uh, at number two for worst gimmick ever was one of the most was something we actually just reviewed on our Patreon show. Uh, the gobbledygooker. He was a guy in a turkey suit. They were carting around an egg right for months on end, and it was going to hatch at the Survivor Series pay per view, which used to be a Thanksgiving night pay per view. That was a tradition. It aired on Thanksgiving night. And they carted around this giant egg, and there was rumors it was going to be a new wrestler. Uh, Mean Gene thought it was going to be a Playmate of the Month or something. 
Nope, it was a guy in a turkey suit. And it got booed immediately. Immediately. And it was so infamously bad that it was never seen again until they did the gimmick battle royal at WrestleMania 17 and brought it back. And it wasn't even the same turkey suit. (laughs) And it looked terrible. The WrestleCrap page, the guys who became famous for all of this stuff, for doing for mocking the worst of pro wrestling, called their annual award every year where they give out the worst of pro wrestling annually, the Gooker Award. If you win the Gooker Award, you're the worst thing that happened in pro wrestling that year. Some infamous examples include David Arquette becoming WCW champion, which helped bankrupt the company. Um, The Katie Vick storyline, which was a storyline in which Kane revealed that when he was younger, he killed a girl in a drunk driving incident. And they shot a scene where Triple H dressed like Kane insinuated that he had sex with the corpse in the funeral home. Yes, they did a necrophilia angle on live television. In an actual funeral home next to an actual funeral. Next to an actual funeral that was happening. And Vince McMahon thought it was the funniest fucking thing ever. In fact, the big line at the end was when fake Kane, played by Triple H, bucks the corpse. He pulls up a like a like a blob and he goes, look, (laughs) I screwed your brains out. Vince thought that was the funniest punchline ever. And what people have said is he was walking around backstage, literally belly laughing out loud at how funny he thought that was. They also, they also, one of the worst things that won was the, uh, the storyline in which Tori Wilson's dad married the much younger Dawn Marie. They had sex on their honeymoon and he had a heart attack and died mid coitus. And they turned that into a storyline. I mean, this is shit that actually happened. <laughs> I'm not making this up, which is what's so bad about it. I couldn't make up something this bad. I'm not creative enough to do this. I, and I, now, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I have nothing to say. I was literally just making a noise. <laughs> like, what the fuck? And now for the worst gimmick of all time, the Red Rooster, which actually killed a guy's career. So, Dan, go ahead and bring up the backstory here. So WWE was bringing in Kurt Hennig, fantastic and, worker out of Minnesota. Yeah, uh, son, son of Larry. Yeah, he was son of Larry the Axe Hennig, who was a big, a big name in the AWA back in the '60s and everything. So he was a second generation wrestler, and unlike other second generation wrestlers, he actually was as good as his father, if not better. Like he was really good, Kurt Hennig. Uh, Terry Taylor was also really good, and he was one of those upstart guys who was like. He had he was young, good looking, had the bleach blonde hair. He was like going to be a heartthrob wrestler, right? Like he was somebody who could appeal to all the young ladies and keep the young female demographic. Because one thing that was really big back in the 80s was the tag team of the Rock and Roll Express. And Robert Gibson and Ricky Morton were heartthrobs. Like there were teen girls in Tennessee and Kentucky in that area who had pictures of the Rock and Roll Express up in their home next to Jesus. Like... That's how big they were in Southern wrestling. There are actually parts where Ricky Ricky Morton's getting the shit kicked out of him so much, and he looks like he's crying. There are teen the camera would cut to teen girls in the audience who literally had tears screaming down their face, and they were screaming at him to get up again because they like that's how much these guys appealed to the young female demographic, which really doesn't exist in pro wrestling. 
in like the 90s when it became like the teenage boy thing. But back then, that was a big thing. You got the young girls to the crowd because you had the young, good looking wrestlers. And also very infamously. The wrestlers would fuck the girls. <laughs> right? And I mean, that's they how would say they were 18, but they were 15. They weren't. And that created all kinds of incidents and coined the term ring rats, or just rats for short, which is what they called the girls who showed up to fuck the wrestlers. And rats wow. are still a thing, by the way. Rats are still a thing. Really? But yeah, if you- Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, I've actually worked some shows where I've seen girls who showed up to and were basically thirsty for some of the guys in the ring and were asking questions about them and trying to trying to hang around them. Oh, that, it, yeah, that 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 exists, my friend. Rats are still around. <laughs> that, that's why you're just like, all right, everybody, IDs, <laughs> IDs out right now. <laughs> IDs out for Harambe. WWF is bringing these two guys in and they have ideas for two gimmicks. Yes. One of them is Mr. Perfect, a guy who is really good at every kind of sport. Yes. He's a top flight athlete in every way. He's perfect. And Kurt Hennig played that character to a hilt because he actually was pretty good at stuff. Like they would act, they would shoot stuff where he would just shoot three pointers and hit every one of them, or he would just hit a home run. Uh, who did he become? Wade Boggs, right? He became friends with. Yeah. And Wade Boggs actually inducted him into the Hall of Fame. And like Kurt Henning was really that good. He could, he could, he was a good bowler. He was a good golfer. He was a natural, he was a natural at everything. So the Mr. Perfect gimmick worked. I mean, that's how the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase came to be. Vince was like, I got this great idea for a character. He's going to be me. (laughs) Basically it's what it was. And he would, he would buy, he would buy stuff. He would, well, some of the funny, funny stuff shit was like, he has the kid dribbling the basketball and he's going to give him up like 500 bucks if he dribbles it 20 times. And as the kid gets to 19, he just boots the basketball away. So the kid doesn't get the dribble and the kid looks like he's going to cry. <laughs> but again, that shit got over because it was true to life. And then and the he, other idea they had was the red rooster, the red rooster, which now was essentially a man that was a chicken. <laughs> here's the thing, though. The red rooster could have worked if they went the original route with it. Bobby the Brain Heenan, who is the greatest wrestling manager of all time, had an idea where he could get anybody. He could make a world champion out of anybody. So he came, he he brought in Terry Taylor and he called him my little red rooster. Right. And the whole idea was he was just degrading the shit out of him to the point where the fans wanted to see Bobby Heenan get his ass kicked. And when the red rooster turned on him and kicked his ass, that was supposed to be the uplift of Terry Taylor's career. But for some fucking reason terry taylor decided he was still gonna take the chicken route and instead of just being like no i'm not a red rooster i'm terry taylor and i'm gonna kick your ass he just went with it he spiked his hair dyed it red and spiked it like a rooster and his entrance song had chicken clucking noises and he would bob his head like a chicken like he'd put his hands on his hips and bob his head like a chicken and his career which was on a major upswing died just died because people were laughing at him. Because instead of doing what was smart, he was doing what he was told. <laughs> and oh, the man. gimmick, it literally killed his career. And the only thing he could do, I mean, granted, he became an agent and worked behind the scenes for a long time. But yeah, he, uh, his career was done. He can and should have been a major league wrestler. And his career was killed by the Red Rooster. And 
the Red Rooster goes down as the worst gimmick ever because as silly as the other shit was, they didn't kill anyone's careers. They were either played by people whose careers were never going to lift anyway, or the, the people eventually got over Ooh, it and did something, something better. better. Yeah. That like I said, sucks, Papa man. Shango eventually became the godfather, but Terry Taylor never recovered. In fact, Terry Taylor even sucked as an agent because he got fired from companies because he would always harass the girls because he would hit on them too much. And, they, and then nobody wanted to work with him. So, <laughs> yeah, even <Wow>. when... <sighs> I Struck know. bad luck and then bad situations that he put himself in. <laughs> so, <laughs> Eric, like, what do you think Red of the Rooster, worst? Rooster, I could blame the company. The, like, I, I thought they were very entertaining. I actually learned a lot of... Uh, you, you did, didn't you? Yeah. There's a lot of things in there that... Uh, but One, I was still... It. I still kind of want to know what the hell happened to Gold Dust. What happened to Gold Dust? Actually, it's actually a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool story. Okay, so Gold Dust was played by Dustin Runnels, who was the son of the American Dream Dusty Rhodes, one of the biggest wrestlers in the 1970s. Dusty Rhodes was a, a pioneer of wrestling. He was proof that even a fat guy could get over if he was charismatic enough. And it's true. Dustin was a great character, but when he came to the WWF, they turned him into this super sexualized basically what he was was he was a walking oscar and he made all kinds of references to hollywood he quoted dead celebrities and he stalked god hall razor ramon like he was just a creepy character but he played it so well that gold dust became a phenomenon everybody knew gold dust well <clears throat> when he eventually left and just became dustin rhodes again he teamed up with his stepbrother cody they formed AEW, the new promotion on TNT that's running now. And he got himself into such good shape that the natural Dustin Rose in his fucking 50s is still a really good wrestler. He's still going, dude. He's still oh, he's okay. still going. He, and he's he, opening a wrestling school next year. And, and his students are going to be phenomenal because he's so fucking good. He's so good. Yeah, he's still going. He would occasionally make appearances as Gold Dust again, like when he was on the outs with the company. But now that he's with Cody forming this new company, I think he's just going to be Dustin forever. I think Gold Dust is done now. I don't ever see him coming back and doing Gold Dust thing because this is a rival to Vince. So that ain't happening. So the right. Gold Dust character is done for good. Uh, unless they want to bring in some some low life guy and make him a new Gold Dust. And don't put it past them because they've done that before. Uh, but I mean, I mean sometimes, <clears throat> you know, I, I, I feel like when you're that famous, right, it's they shouldn't do that. They should just bury that character. Like once The Undertaker is like retired, they no can't just make a new. Undertaker. Yeah, exactly. They can't. They, can't. they, they, they have they to bury that. They will. Yeah, that that is the case. But. I don't know. Sometimes you're just insistent on getting a gimmick over. You try. I mean, that was the thing back in the 80s. They would try different people and different characters and they all sucked. So like they created a character called Max Moon. He was a spaceman from another planet and he was played by Conan, the wrestler who just gave me a shout out on his podcast. So, hey, Conan, not that he's listening to mine. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I, I got nice. I got name dropped. But uh nice. But Conan left on such bad terms that they were like, well, we still have this outfit. 
So they found a wrestler named Paul Diamond, and they're like, hey, this fits you. You're the new Max Moon. So instead of just killing the gimmick, they're like, we still want the character, so let's get someone else to play him. That's why a lot of these wrestling gimmicks failed. It's also why some of them were so successful, because I can't see anybody else playing the Million Dollar Man. Ted, Like, Ted DiBiase did that so well. I can't see another Million Dollar Man being played by somebody else. I just can't see it. I don't think... Okay, oh, by so the way. I have a question. Ha- has there been a gimmick where, like, let's say it got passed on where the original person didn't like it or wasn't a good fit, and then somebody else <laughs> came in and took over and then actually was successful with it? Okay. Actually successful. I'll have to think about that. But I will tell you a really funny story. So when Scott Hall and Kevin Nash jumped ship to WCW which became the famous thing that launched the NWO and made WCW the number one promotion. Vince was so mad that Razor Ramon and Diesel left the company that he wanted to prove that he still owned the gimmicks, though he got people to play those characters. And they sucked ass at it. In fact, fake Diesel was Glenn Jacobs, who later became Kane. So he <laughs> he went from a dentist to a fake gimmick of a guy who wasn't there anymore before he finally got to be Kane. But another um, about that story is that when they started advertising that Diesel and Razor were going to be back, WCW freaked out, thought for some reason Hall and Nash weren't fully signed, so they signed them to an even bigger deal. Yeah. So and, it actually worked better for them. <laughs> uh, so they, Dan, got, they basically here. got scared. <laughs> basically, <laughs> like, yeah. uh, we'll give you more money. We'll give you more money. Dan, help me out here, because I swear there's a there's a story of a guy turning down a gimmick, but then the gimmick became successful and they regretted it. I, I feel like that happened, and I'm trying to remember sure. who it was. It would actually work the gimmick. I'm trying to think that somebody turned it down because they thought it was going to be stupid, and then somebody else did it, and it became successful, and they regretted it. I, I, I know that that happened at least once, but I can't remember who it was. I'm going to have to look that one up for you, but that absolutely did happen. I know it happened for a fact. I mean, in Mexico and Japan, lots of people play the same character-ish. Like, yeah, that's true. It's like the tiger mask and the black tiger, where it's a different person. They will refer to him as, like, Tiger Mask 4, but there's still Tiger Mask. Yeah. Mexico will do it all the time. If they've got a guy that's a, a gimmick that's over and the guy leaves, they'll just do it. This is what happened to the guy Laparca. He went to WCW. But the thing was so over, they just got a new Laparca. And then when WCW went out of business and the original Laparca came back, he couldn't be Laparca. Yeah. <laughs> so now, 20 years later, he's still not called Laparca. But that's he's the thing, right? Is it, when you would wear these full body suits and everything and, and masks, you could get away with having different people. Hey, at one point, they had that Sin Cara character in WWE and they had multiple people playing him. Which is funny because the first two guys to play that character also played the same character in Mexico. They were both Mystico in Mexico. Yeah, it's weird. Here, Here's some other really quick silly gimmicks. Uh, there was a guy named Christopher Daniels. He was the fallen angel. He was a good character, good wrestler. He played a character called Curry Man, where his gimmick was that he loved curry so much he dressed like it. <laughs> I mean, that's the okay. thing that happened. He had a plate uh, of curry on his head. <laughs> what about Shark Boy? Shark Boy was awesome. Yeah. It, it, and he, he dressed like a shark. He was Shark Boy. 
He was just a mask. He had a mask shark mask, and he was, but he's really fucking good. Uh, there was a character at one point called Chicken Neck who was super obscure, and he wore. He had the chicken mask, the chicken beak, and the waddles, but he wrestled in plain boots, which is probably why he never worked. But one of the guys who wrote the WrestleCraft book said he witnessed a gimmick on an independent that was so awesome he couldn't get over how how awesomely bad it was. His gimmick was called Pool Star, and his gimmick was that he was the world's greatest pool cleaner. And he wore a scuba mask, he had a floaty device with a rubber duck on it, and he carried a pool a skimmer. So now we've had a, a, a garbage man, a plumber, a pool, a pool, a pool cleaner. cleaner. Now we just need a gardener. <laughs> what the fuck? A pool uh, fucks your wife when you're at work. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. mean, we've had the porn star. I don't think we've ever had a good chef gimmick. That needs to happen. Hey, Tom. Tom Dickinson, shout out to our resident chef that listens to the show. Uh, Tom, Tom teaches uh, culinary out in California. He is he's an actual chef, he's a teacher. And I've I've told him I've told him to to find me the chef gimmick cuz it has to exist. I mean, we'll get into it in later episodes, other silly shit that's actually happened. Like we could do a whole thing on the Chikara promotion, which is just silly shit in general. Los ice creams instead of thumbtacks, they use sprinkles. Like you know, there's always going to be silly shit in wrestling, but yeah, some of these gimmicks were just I mean, they were exactly what what they sound like. They were, they were bad, but de- sometimes they worked because you never not quite know what's going to work. I mean, the the original gimmick for Mick Foley as Mankind was he was supposed to be Mason the Mutilator, and he came from the sewers, and he enjoyed classical music and hanging out with rats, like that was a thing. But uh, <laughs> but he was like. No, call me Mankind and let me just get over on my own. And he did. And there you go. Before we wrap up this episode, though, Eric, really quickly, you had something you needed to talk about, about video games. Like, you needed to get this off your chest. Uh, you know, I, I really do want to talk about it. And it's not just video games. It's it's laws that kind of take away from our enjoyment of uh, of our nerd stuff. Um, and mm-hmm. it goes back a long, long time, and it's still happening. And it's mostly censorship things. So I'm going to start it off with, since we talked about anime before, it started off like in the 90s whenever anime was starting to come over um, to our side, right? Mm-hmm. I know where you're going with this. And and they they, like, either something was over-sexualized, so they, like, they changed it and then all that kind of censorship that bothered me and the video games and then the media starts like okay the big thing growing up for me that was always on the news was when mortal Kombat hit the news and it was like this is going to make kids violent and they try to ban video games they try to like not stop just all any, not like just, they tried to van the whole fucking thing. The whole thing. And it, it wasn't like a particular game. They just try to stop like <laughs> video games are ruining everything. And I'm, I'll be the first one to admit video games are addictive as fuck. Right. <laughs> they, they are. But it's not 
the same as like heroin, you know? I've never played so much Mario Kart where I died. <laughs> That's <It's>, true, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> I may but have you, played so pain. much Mario Kart I forgot to do homework, all right? <laughs> but it's two yeah. different things and uh there's just some stuff recently that's been getting on my mo- like just bother me cuz they're trying to do some more stuff about um censorship in video games and um and it's it's the same shit over again it's just like history keeps so, repeating so itself that started the comics code way back yeah, in the day. yeah so i feel like we have and th- i think this all boils down to parents don't want to parent right like they don't want to talk to their kids and be like listen uh the things that you do in grand theft auto you can't do that in real life i know you really want to run over some hoes but you can't <laughs> <laughs> like it, it's one of those things and it's just really starting to piss me off and then they're just like, oh, you know, they show that some kids who play video games are more violent. And like, that's a load of shit. First off, yeah, there are probably some kids out there who are violent who play video games. Just like there's uh, people out there who have guns that are criminals. It's, it's you don't outlaw something just because you fear it's going to, it's causation, right? It's not. It's not mm-hmm. causation. It's just... Yeah, you're going to hit some numbers, right? If you're looking at how many people play video games or how many people watch anime, a, a portion of them are going to be kind of lunatics, right? Well, it's the it's- same argument that happened when metal started as a music genre, right? Like, oh, the kids who listen to this music are going to be corrupt and they're going to, right? you know, like. Right. And, and that's a good point, too. And then what I think they're trying to do is trying to like do some sort of um what's it called it fuck all i'm trying to say is that prohibition doesn't work uh for this kind of shit no, if if you not. take it away all it's going to do is, for the people who actually want to enjoy their video games or enjoy their anime it's just going to create a black market and that that's exactly what will happen that's what happened with alcohol remember when alcohol was legal and then they made it illegal and then the prohibition All started. Was, goes, yeah. go for it. Yeah. They, they pro- fucking found a way. They well, either like, made it. Like, uh, yeah. I, I never understood some of this stuff, too, because, like, people are like, oh, these car- these cartoons are so violent. Like, have you ever seen fucking Looney Tunes or Tom and Jerry? Like, those right? cartoons were violent as hell. Well, blowing, you got guns in people's faces and. You're telling me anyway. Tom, yeah, Tom and Jerry was violent, but then they, they, they're they going like, oh, you know, you, you can't watch. We have to censor Dragon Ball Z and we, we can't have references to death and we can't have blood and everything. And like we just watched The Simpsons on Stupid Sexy Podcast, Bart the Daredevil, where he falls down the gorge and Homer's covered in blood. And like, well, what what's the difference? And, it, right. you know, okay, well, one's an adult cartoon. OK, yeah, but I've seen kids cartoons with people bleeding in them like. Get out of here with that shit. And uh, it's one thing if, like, I I don't like censorship for the same reason. I uh, My belief on something, right? If I don't like something, I just won't do it or won't watch it or listen to it or whatever. But that's my choice. I'm not going to be like, 
wow, this is so bad. I don't think anybody should ever enjoy this and try to take it away from people. Like, that's kind of fucked up. You got, like, some sort of... You got something wrong with you if you think that way. Like, uh, not that... I don't know a whole lot about wrestling, right? But let's say you started coming up with all this stuff and I didn't enjoy it. And I'm like, oh, man, no, I'm going to try to ban this. Like, how would you guys feel about that? And and, and that's how I feel about the whole video game thing right now. And then uh, uh, they're trying to, to make it where... Uh, I don't know what they're trying to do. I don't think it's going to go anywhere because it didn't go anywhere last time. But they're trying to like do something even more strict than um, the ratings that we currently have. Which, by the way, there's nothing wrong with the ratings that we currently have. It's literally like you can't go out and buy Grand Theft Auto if you're under the age of 18 or you shouldn't be able to. So if a kid has it, somebody bought it for them. Because I know that's you can't just... the thing, right? Like nobody could just go out and buy Mortal Kombat back in the day, right? It, it's like a pack of cigarettes, right? Like if your kid's smoking, somebody bought them that fucking pack. Like no, they didn't just go to the Seven Eleven and bought some cigarettes. They let you check out without a scanned card now in stores. If there's yeah. an age gate on something, they won't let you check out. I know I can't. I can't use the the self checkout at CVS to buy my Mucinex because it's age restricted. Yeah. So like, and if they do the same thing, that's whatever. I'm old enough now, but like, (laughs) I don't know. There's something about blocking someone else's creativity or changing their, their art or rejecting it. Like if some, imagine if they outlawed some books that were well, they, once legal they, or something like that. I know that they there's have some books that are. They have. They try to get rid of Catcher in the Rye because. God okay. Forbid, like right. And, and and here's the thing, right? Let's let's okay. Let's go Disney. Back to Disney, right? The um, you can always go back to Disney. <laughs> always back to Disney. Full full circle. Full circle. What's that? Uh, <laughs> one movie that uh, Splash Mountain's based off of Song of the South. Song of the South. All right. We can agree that's racist, right? Well, the tar baby certainly was. Okay. Yeah. All right. But um, imagine them getting rid of it all together. Like, obviously, there should be a warning. Be like, hey, this was coming from a time. And I mean, it was never okay. But this is coming from a time where it was acceptable and it is no longer acceptable. Put some sort of warning on it. And then send it out. But to, to say it never existed is fucking dangerous. I, I think you know you know what it's gonna do? It's gonna increase the curiosity in it. We'll we'll bring this, we'll circle this back to wrestling real quick, because Dan Dan knows about this. When the Chris Benoit incident happened, they were trying actively to censor him out of stuff that they were releasing. Like they would release they would release a compilation disc of a certain type of match and he'd be in it. So they would edit out all the commentary where they mentioned his name and edit out his entrance. And then he would just like be there, but they were trying hard not to acknowledge him. All that's actually doing to me is drawing attention to him. Yeah. And that's and- the South is not on Disney Plus. <clears throat> no, it is not. It is not. Which is because Zippity Doodah fucking rocks, dude. I know. <laughs> but 
But it, and I want to say one thing about Song of the South because I've actually seen it. It's not that good. It's really not worth all <laughs> it's, this. It's it's not. It's not. <laughs> it's it not really that good. It. It's okay. But I think it's okay for that kind of stuff to exist, not because oh, it's we we're, we rose above it or whatever. It's one of those things to show growth of where we've come. Like, like we still we still need a long way to go. Now, I, I didn't really want this to turn into like a whole race thing. I think we should go back to the fucking video games. But the same well, thing, they're point. trying to outlaw, or, or not outlaw, but they're trying to games that are already out that have existed. They're trying to say that they shouldn't exist anymore to meet their own means or to meet their own goals or whatever. And well, you know what? Cool. I own. I own a box copy of Shaq Fu, and that website's out there trying to destroy all those copies, but I've got a genuine copy still in box. So come at me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> come at me, bro. I bought that specifically when I heard that that website existed. I went out and got a copy of that game so I could say that I had it. So if they actually Ooh. do start to succeed. I didn't hear about that. What's going on with Shaq Fu? Shaq Fu is such an awful game that there's a website that actually exists to find and destroy every copy of the game that exists. And you know what? I wanted to make sure that I had a copy in case they actually succeed. Wow, that's crazy. Just to stop them from actually succeeding. That's crazy. Because as long I, as I, I've got my... It's not that bad. It's, it's not good. It's, it's playable. Not good. You can play it. It's The problem is just that it's a, it's a dumb storyline and the controls suck. So I understand why it got the reputation that it got. But I think people overreacted to it a little bit. I've played way worse. I've played Where's Waldo on the NES. So <laughs> let's talk about uh, ET for games. the Atari. <laughs> I actually, I actually have played that because I got an Atari simulator and tried it, an emulator, and I, I'm like, I literally don't know what I'm doing. I'm just wandering around, falling into pits. I'm like, yep. they were correct. That's the game. They were right. No, <laughs> they were right. They need to win. So. <laughs> Because it was rushed in six weeks to meet the Christmas demand, and we all see how that turned out. Wow. It's terrible. Well, all right. Well, I mean, I, I did want to get more into it, but we we can either say that for another episode, because um, it's going to take... We're, we're already almost at, like, three <laughs> hours now. <laughs> um, we're not that far. Actually, we That's are. two but hours yeah. and 45 minutes, man. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're pretty, pretty far, far. in. Uh, far, but yeah. yeah, no, I wanted to bring it up to its attention. It, like, it really kind of pissed me off. I, I hate censorship. Um, I feel like if you don't want to enjoy it, that's fine. That's on you. Or like, don't, don't tell me how to enjoy my stuff. Correct. That's what it comes down to. Maybe we don't have to talk about it. <laughs> don't tell me how to enjoy my shit. It's it's I like what I like. And I like that. There we go. There you go. Exactly. There you go. All right. Well, of course, you guys can check us out each and every week here on CKCC Radio. Eric, Dan, and I will be back next week for even more great nerd content. I've already done plugs, but you can hear Dan and I again on the Stupid Sexy Podcast each and every week. And if you become a patron, if you really want to hear us talk about wrestling and watch music videos and stuff like that, you can sign up at patreon.com slash club kayfabe. Gentlemen, are you hungry? Always. I haven't even eaten yet today. So. There we go. It is time to eat. Folks, we will see you next week for another edition of The Nerd Table. For more great content like this, 
be sure to check out CKCC Radio and subscribe to never miss an episode.